My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 105 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. We are joined today by esteemed Edgeman, fellow Cinepunk, and mogul of the Horror Business Podcast, Mr. Justin Moore. How it do. <laughs> it do what it do, sir. How are you? I've been better, but, you know, I can't complain. Well, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy that you're hanging out in Cash Money Kenzo. The feeling is more than mutual. (laughs) So what's up, guys? Happy New Year, huh? 2020, you made it. 2020. A watershed year in um, funny eyeglasses for the New Year's, I think. (laughs) I did notice that. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Not since 2010 (laughs) have we had this kind of uh, eyeglass. I'm still trying to remember it's not 2018. Yeah? Like, I'm still like, yeah, you know, the thing about, I guess <laughs> now it's 2019 or, oh, wait, no, it's 2020. <laughs> You're this weird thing of like 20, earlier you said 2010 was longer than you thought it was. Like, yeah, longer think, away. Did you think it was like 2015 right now? Okay, I moved into Philadelphia. Yeah. In 2009. Wow. So, yeah, that's longer ago than I realized. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Like, really? Like, I yeah. lived here like seven years longer than you did? Yeah, dog. I did not know Because that. I didn't graduate from Princeton until 2009. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I mean, I wow. lived in a little bit in Philly before I went to Princeton, but mm. like that last round I was in Philly, that I moved was... into Philly in 2009. And then you moved out? 2015? Right. No no wonder you're stuck in uh, the amber of 2015. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I've been in... in, in That's in, what it is, man. That's yeah. what it is, you know? No, but I mean, it, it's more just like, I don't know. I have a short memory in a certain way, right? Right, and so all that when, weed you smoke. When I keep yes. seeing people's, <laughs> when I keep seeing people's end of decade list, I'm like, that came out in tw- what? Yeah, no, yeah, Fuck. no, that you Wait, did that, that came out in ah, Jesus Christ, Snakeland came out in 2011, and I was wrong. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> realize. I the thing is, is that so you know, ten years. For the record, I love incredulous Liam. By the way, that's my favorite what Liam. What are you talking about? Exactly. Thank you, Liam. That's what I love. <laughs> Exasperated Liam, incredulous Liam. Like, what do you mean? Oh, I am. I'm very exasperated. Genius. I love it so much. So I love it. We have our special guest Justin Lore with us for this year-end episode, and I and I want to say, um, I get stoked uh, for year-end stuff only in the sense of us talking about like what we care about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think there's a certain performative aspect to year-end lists. Yes. What do you mean? What do you mean by performative aspect? To take me there, Liam. That people just want you to know all the cool stuff that they got to see, or they want through their list to like prove something that they're cultured enough or they're whatever. Or and I put it on other people. I feel the same thing. Like there's part of me that's like, if I've had a year like this year where I didn't get to see as much movies, mm-hmm. I really wanted to try to catch more movies. I thought, well, fuck, my list is gonna suck because I haven't seen that many movies. You yeah. Know? Um, and what I like about uh, lists is the idea of like endorsing things to people, like lifting something up and being like, hey, here's something I think you should care about mm. that happened this past year. But what I don't like is this feeling of like, um, my list has to be right or my list has to be better than other people's <laughs> or lists. Or that your list is an indication of how stupid you are kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially because, um, or I guess what I also really don't like, and, I, you know, we have, so, this whole thing was interesting to say, like, we're doing our 20 favorite things of the year. Right. Uh, I'm very being very specific about the language favorite, 
because yeah. you know this isn't the best. I don't think I can tell everyone what the best things are. Well, I you could tell us what you were th- what you thought was the best thing, which is the same as saying favorite. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, just in the sense- I mean, we can't be a movie criticism podcast without criti- being critical. And I feel that that's fair. I, f- I mean, like, but to say that someone, I'm definitely critical, but I just don't think that uh, I don't like this idea of like um, someone's going to come to my list and I'm going to be like, I've made a decision. Yeah. Here are the you know the the most important films or the films that were the best whatever. I just rather I just feel more comfortable being like I really like these things. Yeah, maybe they were great, maybe they weren't, whatever. But I also think the the other things I'm keeping in mind by us doing like our twenty favorite is one mm. we already have a best of the, of the year coming out on yeah. Cinepunk. So like if you need my literal ranked list, list that yeah. I force myself to make, even though part <laughs> of me feels very uncomfortable with it, but it's like this is what people want, so I'm going to do it. Mm. Go read it. That's great. Whatever. Um, but two uh, with the favorite thing. Um, I just like having a little bit of leeway to be like, you know what? I don't even think this was like some of the things like one of the movies I'm going to talk about, mm-hmm. let alone music and other things I might talk about as well. Right. I'm not making an argument that it's like the best movie. Someone's like, oh, that didn't really work for me. I'm not going to say like, well, you're aesthetically incorrect. <laughs> uh, I'm saying like, have you I ever just, said that to someone though? Have you said that to someone, Justin? Like, yes. Well, <laughs> okay. I think we, I mean, me and Justin were comparing notes on the way down. Yeah. And I feel like ju- me and Justin don't always see, I feel like we see more eye to eye on horror than other things. Don't you think? True. <laughs> oh, ju- now he's judging me. No, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just making, I'm just seeing if I have, because I have a top 10. I don't know if I have 20 good things. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I have know. 17 movies to talk about. That's fine. It doesn't have to be okay. an exact 20. Okay. And I know at least one of the things I'm going to talk about, you'll endorse it. My first thing. I already know you're going to be on board. Oh, man. Even though <laughs> it's not on your list. Okay. You'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also think it's... Uh, I, I bring all that up, though, not just as like a caveat, but just, just to clarify like what the episode is. And like for me, my original plan with also saying 20 favorite things is so i could talk about because what we've done in the past on cinepunks mm-hmm. you know hard business it's easier we focus on just the movies on cinepunks we did our top 10 records records top 10 our movies. top 10 movies and then of yeah. course we have to add in honorable mentions yeah. and it ends up being like a two-hour episode of us just going through the list you know yeah yeah i feel like this yeah. is a is hopefully a little more loose or whatever a little more free form but i will say part of what shaped that was this idea that i had all these other cool things to talk about like uh, comic books and books mm. and stuff. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. every book I enjoyed this year that I thought came out this year did not come out this year. <laughs> I am just behind when it comes to literature, listener. Uh-huh. I am at least a year behind. At if least, not more. yeah, yeah, yeah. One book I definitely I, haven't read enough books from this year. This year, one so. book I thought was new came mm. out in 2012. Nice. Just to give you an idea, <laughs> just That's to give amazing. you an idea of like where I'm at <laughs> as, as a human being. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, I also just wanted an excuse to talk about experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to be very forthcoming. If I put together I put together a list of all the movies I enjoyed enough that I would be willing to talk about them on here, and it was a list of 28 films. Wow. So okay. obviously I'm not going to do that, but mm-hmm. I think, like, if 
people are looking for that, then we'll, we have social media. Yeah, you we can have just read it. The yeah. article coming out. Like, there's other places to get it. So I, I think that's really what I was trying to say is like, mm. this is going to be more loose, like chatting it up and whatever on this episode. Yeah. Uh, and that way we don't have to feel like, okay, we have to get into the weeds on like, what was it about this movie that made it number four, and not number five, you fuck. Right, right, you right, know? right, right. I, have, I have 18 things now because I added a book. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ah, okay. Man. I, what I literally did was make a list of... Uh, uh, sixty things, <laughs> like not joking, and then and then just skewed it down to twenty. No, twenty eight. No, because I want it to be my favorite things. I'm gonna make live real time decisions about <laughs> what do I care enough about that I need to talk about it on a recording, and what am I gonna go? You know, I like that thing, but fuck it, I don't need to talk about it. Can we do TV shows as well? Yeah, man, do whatever. Did you 100%. not hear? Loose, baby, fast and loose. I have yeah. twenty things now. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, and I've uh, and I'm going to name it now, just so the audience knows. I have three specific things that are cheater things, so I can talk about a couple of things at once. Okay. Okay. Doing three, the things. Three, three cheater things. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we also I want to invite y'all that if you have your own opinions about what was great from this year that we missed, and again, not that you want to critique our list because I don't care about that, but you're like, oh, you know what? I really enjoyed this year, and you guys didn't mention, but I'd like mm. people to know about it. Yeah. And I think that's really the appeal for me of these sorts of conversations is, hey, maybe this didn't make it into a conversation. It's why, you know, we're also going to be recording for horror business and, you know, there aren't as many horror movies on my like total list, you know, yeah. but I actually watched a chunk of horror movies, mostly under Justin's recommendation because he watches more horror than me. Mm-hmm. So I would like see what Justin was watching and then see if I could find a copy to watch. And, uh. What I like about that is then, like, we're specifically like, here's what happened in horror. Because I think if you're paying attention to only like the most obvious things in the theater, you might only talk about like us in Midsummer. Which yeah, is no, just which is fine. Yeah, those are both on but my like, list. Yeah, there's a lot of horror movies. There's a lot right. of stuff coming out, and a lot of it could do with attention. You know what I mean? I so agree. I agree. I think both those are going to be good. Cool. Uh, before we start, so we're going to do that instead of. Whacking on track because that's basically this whole episode. Is this whole episode track. is basically you get an entire episode of just whacking on track. Yeah, I don't know that we'll do too much whack. Yeah, but, you're but welcome. Well, we might get whack when one of us says something and someone else goes, I "Actually, think that's whack," <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I'm ready to uh, fight and die for what I believe in. I, <laughs> I love that. But before we get started, I want to make sure we say uh, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Yep, thank you very much for uh, helping. Move us along as yes. as we've been hurtling along into our yes. sixth year of existence. Yes, greatly appreciated. Yes, and we we say it every time, but um, the more we say it, hopefully, the more it will become true that we will do more and more Patreon exclusive content. Um, there's also a tier uh, reward where y'all get to uh, tell us what you want us to talk about, uh, and uh, only a couple people have taken advantage of that, and. Uh, but other people qualify and they just haven't done it. Mm. Like, please do that. Like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We definitely are not the be all and end all of what's cool to watch or whatever. And no. we're always like grasping for things to talk about. And it's always like, you know, like the Amadovar episode, like just, yeah, you just wanted to talk about women on the verge, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, or pain and glory. I wanted to talk one. about pain and glory. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, uh, I guess we'll do Amadovar movies. I guess that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you guys have things that you want us to talk about, please reach out, let us know. Cause, um, Again, me and Liam are pretty open to anything. You know, we'll watch anything at this point. So, yeah. you know, yeah. do the thing. Yeah. We also want to say thank you to our sponsors, XLVACX.com, the Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, and Chris Reject. 
I mean, we don't want to thank Chris, no, but the no. organization as yes. a whole. Yes. <laughs> the organization is pretty good. Right, 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 right. Yeah, if you want to get stuff screen printed, go to LVAC, and they'll take good care of you. Tell them Punk sent you. Yeah, please bring us up. <laughs> I, I don't know if that happens that much, but if, if you're going there, even if you already print with them, just drop our name. <laughs> just put it in there so we seem cool. It'll upset Chris. Yeah, exactly. That's worth doing. And anything, that's what we want. Yeah, anything that upsets Chris. <laughs> All right, so wow. I, think, I think we should jump in. Who wants to start us off here with like the first thing they think we should talk about today? Well, let's just talk about 2019 as a, as a whole for a minute, huh? It was a watershed year for me. I mean, in terms of like taking in media and listening to, listening to new things and seeing new things, I really had a high year, I think. I had a great time. I, it's important for people to remember, and maybe this is your first time listening, Josh lives in a metropolitan area. It's true. I live he, in Philadelphia. And he has access to like screeners. It's true. So some of the stuff that me and Justin are like busting ass to catch at the end of the year, you saw it when it was like a thing. True. I saw it. I got to see things on like media list and all that stuff. I got to take friends, see movies, you know, local people, local people, yep. you know. And I mean, but we, we, we've taken advantage as well. Like we saw Midsummer sure. on, a, on a press screener. Oh, 100%. I'm just yeah. saying like if, if, if. You know, part of when we do a list, sometimes people will be like, oh, whatever. Like, if I or Justin talked about something that you haven't had a chance to catch, it's really like we had to, like, find it. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. or if it was playing by us, it usually plays for, like, a week. You One know? hour. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> it's not even the whole movie. They were yeah. like, all right, we're done here. We got to do a, <laughs> we gotta do a, a improv show in this space. Get out. Um, but yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have as much. So it, it, it was a so I say that partly to say if you hear something and you're like, well, that's never going to come here. Like, you know, I feel you. But if it sounds interesting, try to find it. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, to, yeah. I had to find these things. Justin had to find these things. Uh, but also don't feel bad if if Josh is like, I mean, I don't know. That, I haven't seen your list, so I don't know if there is something. Mm. But if you've, you're like, oh, I saw this and it was great. Like. You know, Josh has a little more access, so yeah, don't yeah. feel bad and about that. Honestly, like, I didn't you know. dig too deep. Everything on my list, I feel, is fairly obvious. I don't really I think I that. went too like, you know, erudite in my in my selections for the year. Yeah, but uh, again, this is for me. This is a watershed year. This is a th- this was an amazing year in movies for comic book movies. This is an amazing year in movies for horror movies for me. Like, I had a really lot of fun indulging all these like different furies of what I love about movies. Yeah, and um. I mean, that's also thanks to things like the Philadelphia Film Society, who uh, who had a lot of great movies at their film festival this past October. Sure. And uh, things like, I mean, also there are things that, that I saw. I was just telling Liam and Justin, a lot of stuff that I saw this year that was not of this year, right? Like we saw a lot of, we went to the Nitrate Film Festival this year. I got to see Rebecca on an original Nitrate 35 millimeter print. It was fucking awesome. Like. Yeah. A great time to be a cinephile for me this year. I'm hoping that 2020. I have. A, I don't know if you guys know. I have a superstition. Do you know about this superstition that no. I have, where even years just tend to categorically be better than odd years for me? Interesting. No. 2013. I had a pneumonia that then led to a back operation for a cyst that got infected and all this other stuff, Good and I was Lord. in the hospital. To it be fair, that was a, that was a great year for me because you sent me a picture and I tortured Evan Vallala <laughs> with that picture yeah. for a full six months. It so was brutal because Melani had to. It was a lot, and there's there's a lot of blood. It was terrible. I tell people I got stabbed, but that happened 2013. But also, I mean, 2013 is also the year I got married, so I guess it's not a f- total like you know bust. But then you know. Years like 2014, 2016, pretty dope. Pretty good times. <laughs> I mean, except for the fact we elected a fascist. That's well, there's that part. But yeah. I mean, you know, there's also like Krosky started. And what was your year of absolution? 
My year of absolution was 2017, I believe. Gotcha. When, when I forgave, uh, when I forgave McAvoy, John, uh, yeah, James McAvoy and ben, yep. and um, what's his name, Batman. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, yeah. 2017. I don't, know, I don't know that we've gotten in touch with their press people yet to let them know that they're unbanned from the podcast. Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because 2019 was my personal year of absolution. Oh yeah. Yeah, I forgave. Uh, I'm not going to say names. The ex-wife of a f- of a mutual friend of ours. Okay. okay, I forgave her for her sins, and we became friends again. Oh, that's nice. cool. Yeah, that's it good. may have only be because she bribed me with delicious vegan food, but that's really <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah, right. I, right, appreci- right. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. That's good. I definitely think that. I mean, man, as we move forward, I definitely feel as though things like forgiveness, things like just general compassion. Things like this are the moves that we have to make moving forward. Yeah, acts of kindness I, matter. See, I feel like it's time for me to get cruel, that I've been too Do nice. Do you really? I need to bring in an iron fist and just start Whoa. crushing my enemies. Iron fist, Liam? Yeah. Word? I wasn't feeling that way. Are you Danny that, Rand? And then that, and then that <laughs> never-ending games record came out, and now I'm like, you know, oh. I'm a gangster. I'm ready to destroy people. <laughs> I'm a fucking... I'm a you hood. did make me listen to Tsunami all the way in the New York when we drove in there in October. We only listened party. to one song from uh, Tsunami. It felt yo, like it was like yo, hours. Yo, I, I, okay, so year in review. Honorable mention, something worth saying that's not on my list, is that uh, Tsunami made it clear there are two types of people in the world. This is literally the line from the concert. There are two types of people in this world. If you're not from the Bay, you're a bitch. Oh, <laughs> wow. The funny part about that for me is it doesn't even work. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's I not mean, even the right way. Um, <laughs> you know, the tsunami's funny. Uh, I think that that demo was hilarious. My worry about a band like Tsunami is that a lot of people are going to think that they can also do it, and all those are going to be bad. The mm. person who's like, yo, let's just do this thing the dumbest, most ridiculous, most fun way we can. And, but also say, you know, to be fair, you know, uh, the line, the, the mosh call of the year has to be 187 on a PIG. Wow. That, is, that was just a magical That's moment. heavy. When I heard yeah. that, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> but the, my worry with a band like Tsunami, who I enjoy, who is not on my list, but is funny and fun, and that's great that that exists out there in the Bay, and that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be so many people who think, well, Tsunami did it. I should do it, too. And that's all going to be bad. Like, well, I guarantee- isn't that the problem with all music, right? Like, that it doesn't exist, then it does, and then people are like, oh, well, you know it would be really fun if we did that. Yeah. That's a thing, right? Like yeah. It's sort of like we just got out of that like bullshit beatdown phase sure. in hardcore. We just pulled ourselves up from the muck and the mire out of the fucking gutter. And, and now, you know... We're headed back there? Yeah. Davin is happy that we're heading back there now. And it's <laughs> so <laughs> out of touch. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I actually think... I mean, so we don't talk a lot on either of our shows about, like, what's going on in punk and hardcore, per se. But, uh, you know, I have something on my list that we'll get to where I'm making a prediction. And I, I actually don't think we're going back there. I think... Something as ridiculous as tsunami is actually a good end note. Like that's a good like, oh that's funny. Like now we're all ready for something else because that mm-hmm. was the fun. It, again, not that it's a total joking thing, but it's not like that serious to me. Like I listen mm-hmm. to that, and I don't think like these dudes think they're the coolest. I'm like these are people having fun. They, it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun time. Okay. Plus. 187 on a PIG. That's just such a good box. <laughs> Shit is hard. That's just so good. Uh, <laughs> I, You know, year in review for me, it's been a bad year. It's been a pretty bad year. You've honestly. been you've been stressed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not great. And <laughs> I think you could say that for, you know, a lot of people who were involved in Cinepunks had to move on. That's mm-hmm. not great. Okay. Uh, some of them for great opportunities. That part's great. But we yeah. miss. We miss the help. We miss the people involved. And even some of the people who got involved new have had family disasters and mm. things go wrong and all kinds of stress. So, like, that's all bad. On the other hand, we got cool new shows. We did. You know? We definitely got a bunch of cool new stuff going yeah, on. We got new people coming in and checking us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think for me, 2019, even though I feel like in the realms of music and movies uh, and a little bit of comic books, was a pretty good year for those things. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just a rough year. Just a rough year where I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I can do another one like that. <laughs> I think uh, if, it's, if, if 2020 is going to be anything like 2019, I'm, I'm, I'm not stoked. Whoa. I'm going to need something big to change to make it. Man, okay, so, well, that's a bummer. But who knows? Maybe twenty twenty will be positive. See, keeping with my superstition, twenty twenty is set to be better than two thousand nineteen. But how was twenty eighteen for you? Twenty eighteen was pretty dope, man, bro. Every year is dope for you. I don't. Yeah, know I don't know. I also live in this goldfish world where I forget thirty seconds after I move past it, so I have no idea. Your I life mean, is dope, and you do dope shit. It is true. <laughs> Both of those things are true. But um, I mean, twenty eighteen was cool. I I. I I don't. We did cool shit. You know what I mean. Like, I but 2019 so. though, man, I saw a veil three times in like the same week. You know, and it's like fuck. we did it. We did a screening. We did a. Screening. I will say that was one of the highlights of 2019. Yeah. That was, was one of the was, highlights of my whole involvement with Cinepunks to date. That was I think. amazing. That was one of the greatest nights ever, man. It, it was, was really so good. Cool. It was cool working with Rotunda. It was. It was great cool working, working with Al. Al. Yeah, yeah it's it's cool. this is awesome, nicest dude. Dude, Justin doing the Q and A. You killed it that night. It was fucking awesome. I, you know, and it's funny, I'm a part of many creative outputs, right? I, I'm, I, you know, as a band dude, I, I'm in a lot of bands with a lot of people, and a lot of people, like, and I work together to achieve, like, whatever nadirs we want to, right? Yes. The screening that night galvanized Cinepunks in my mind as just as vital and um, important aspect of my creative life as any band that I've done. Hell yeah. And it was because you guys both worked with me and I, I helped out and we did the thing. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like it was one of those like just like nights where I felt like catharsis. Yeah. I felt was, like, wow, we're doing it. You it know was, what I mean? It, like it, it, it was a moment. Yeah, man, for real. And yeah. I, my heart sang, you know? It was that was awesome. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. Aww. I'll second that. Just saying, man. Just I'll saying. second that. And the movie's pretty dope too. So, you know, <laughs> just saying, it was a pretty good year, man. Pretty good year. And, you know, it was cold and we did it, though. Yeah. It's not bad. We fucking pulled it up, pulled it together. Fucking right, man. Yeah. Good year. You know what I'm saying, Liam? No. <laughs> but I'm glad that you feel that way. I do. I do. Also, Cross Keys put out our EP this year, and I'm really proud of that still. Uh, this year, Wagon Shoots joined us on drums, and that's like a new thing. And yep. it's definitely a strange thing when you're like, oh, I've grown up listening to this man. Who has made music that has truly affected the distance and, and the path of my life. And now he's giving his skills to a project that I'm fronting and making the words for. And it's like, this isn't reality, right? This is me <laughs> making shit up, right? This isn't real. But no, it's fucking real, man. And I feel awesome because of it. It's one of those it's one of the things that really makes me happy about this year that we put out a record, you know, like bands put out records and they don't give a shit. Like, oh yeah, well the next record will be whatever. This one was like one of those like dare to be great scenarios where I'm like, I'm putting it all in here. I'm putting all the fucking things in here 
And I don't give a shit what people think. I'm just going to say whatever is on my fucking mind. And that's a very liberating thing for me. It's yeah. a very freeing thing as, as a lyricist, as a singer. It was a lot, man. It was a lot. It took a lot of, took a lot of self-talk. You know what I mean? A lot of like, okay, man, everybody thinks you're corny anyway, so just fucking do the thing, and who gives a fuck? You had to be your own hype man, so to speak? I did, a little bit. I mean, I I couldn't have done anything this year without, of course, Melani's support and love, and, you know, that that was the one of the main motivators for me getting as much done this year as I did. So, you know, there's that. But that's every year since, you know. But I'm just also saying, like, the Aspect Ratio record came out, the two-song demo, which I'm really proud of, and I know, like, you know, this year we're going to have more of that shit. We're going to do a whole record. I have a plan. That's amazing. I think you're going to really fucking love it. It's really, really good. <laughs> but, um, you know, that... I hate this. I'm sorry. Because I feel like everything I want to talk about, I think, just keeps getting spoiled. Am I spoiling it? Yeah. My number 20, my intro, is the fucking Cross Keys record. That's Yay! the beginning of my The beginning of the year. year. Yeah. And you fucking taking the whole steam out of it. I'm sorry. Now I, I gotta, know I wrote it. Now I got to pick a goddamn you know. <laughs> different 20. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, Josh, Let's go, I literally said to myself, when I made it, I'm like, Josh isn't going to want to hype up his own shit. So <laughs> I'll be the one to We're step in. We're doing the year in review, I'll, though. This I'll, was I'll a watershed year. Well, did I, did, I not mention? I didn't put the year in review on my schedule here. You know what? So I wasn't thinking that you were going to talk about your list, buddy. <laughs> the cross keys EPC. Yay! And that's what I'm saying to Justin because, you know, coming down, we were talking about stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to say it because Justin d- wasn't thinking about it. But I both know that we both love that record. And both obviously, you guys? I know. I love that record. Dude, I know really? that it's, I we know listen to it work all the time. I know no that it's shit. a Obviously, it's a watershed thing for you, but you're not going to engage with it critically. I'm telling you, for us, even though you are our friend, and I want to put it, you know, the only reason it's even at 20 instead of higher up on my fun things from this year, things I love this year list, is because, you know, obviously I have some sort of bias because I love you right, or whatever yeah. like that. But it's still, like, very good. Like, wow. I wouldn't, put yeah. it, I wouldn't put it on here if I thought it was not very good. And for me, what's interesting about it is, what it, what, what did someone say this was a... Uh, your uh, punk rock retirement plan. Oh, yeah, retirement plan or, for aging or, punks. Or, or someone else referred to it as like <laughs> pub core or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, rock. yeah. Uh, Microbrew core, I think, as, maybe. As, as you know, th- that is actually something, jokes aside, that I once very much enjoyed uh-huh. and I have not listened to for almost a decade, if, since we're talking about decades. Right. I don't, it's not <laughs> something I've been into. And, you know, I the older Krosky stuff, I love you and I think it's pretty good, mm-hmm. but I listen to Savior's Really, just because we're friends. Mm-hmm. And then I kept listening to it because I was like, I really like this. Damn. And it's a style that I thought, well, I'm, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. started a band and you were like, it sounds like the Get Up Kids, <laughs> 2019 Liam is like, nah, dog, I'm good. <laughs> Not know? happening. Yeah. But yeah, there yeah. was a time where I couldn't say that because I was obsessed with them. They were like yeah. one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, with this record, it's like, well, this isn't really something I'm into. So I like Josh. So I'll give it a listen, but whatever. And I've probably listened to it like a hundred times. Like Jesus it's very, Christ, very, it's you guys. It's very, very good. Liam, It's really? very, very good. Fuck. Like, it's not just like a friend thing. So, yes, I'm not, I'm kind of joking, but I did, <laughs> did kind of think like, if he keeps talking about this record, it's going to be weird <laughs> in a few minutes when I talk about the record. <laughs> so whatever. So let me, from a critical standpoint, say, I just think that it, again, those criticisms are real. Like, uh-huh. in our world, a bunch of old dudes getting together to play something fun yeah. means bad. Right. It yeah, means no, categorically. The, it's the like Reganomics or whatever band, you know, some corny uh, old man hat band. Right. And so I think what 
people have seen who've checked out your record, and this happens over and over again, is as long as they have someone for whom that kind of music is something they like, mm-hmm. they've been like, it's pretty good. Even the people, we're, we're joking, for those of you who don't know, a podcast, I submitted Josh's <laughs> record for review, <laughs> and they gave it a uh, not quite positive review. No, but no. even that, they were like, uh, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, you know, like, I, mean, I know like, it's good, but you know, it's too slow. <laughs> it's, like, it's not really our vibe, but you know, whatever. Hey, but hey. they did call it a punk. They said uh, their their more positive thing was, you know, for a punk rock retirement plan, it's pretty good. Pretty it's good. well played. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, and Jonah Ray made fun of me for saying, like, as soon as I sent it to him for the Jonah Radio thing, I was yeah. just like, we got the guy from Kid Dynamite, and he was like, yeah, the dude wrote to me and was just like, hey, we got the guy from Kid Dynamite. <laughs> So, but what did Jonah think of it? I forgot. I mean, all he said was that we got the guy from Kid Dynamite made fun of me for that, and then they played it. So, I don't know what the significant bump of Jonah Radio uh, airing is, but I don't know. I don't know. It could be something. It could could be be a thing. I'm not mad. So, that's my number twenty. Yes, Uh, I made the list, y'all. That's not my own. Is that is that uh, (laughs) Josh made me appreciate something that I thought I couldn't appreciate? Made me learn his dumb lyrics that I now know all the words, all the stupid songs. You're welcome. And now I want to see his band again, which is like the last thing I want (laughs) on my plate. Considering I didn't go to, I went to three shows this whole year. Each one a, a. trial to get to yeah and one of them was seeing josh's band and now i'm gonna true. have to see them again it was good That's though crazy. it was that, that was one of the again another watershed night for me that yeah. liam finally came and saw my band you know what i mean Justin, that, was, that was a big that was a big heart piece for me man i was into it i saw your band too yes if i didn't if i didn't like the record i probably would not have come to that show i do appreciate that it's just very hard much. To get, it's hard yeah to get no it's creep records i get it i get it it's 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 difficult to get to from easton it's a thing and it's fine it was fun yeah, I had yeah, like yeah. an actual good time. <laughs> so cool. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. Like, I mean, again, you know me, man. I'm not that dude. You know what I mean? I, I make music. That's just what I do. You know what I mean? So like, That's how you are feeling some kind of way about people like being receptive to anything I've written is like fucking with me. You know what I mean? It's like no way. That's not real, right? Liam, yeah, it was a good no. time. It's a good time, dude. I love you guys. All so right, so I broke, okay. I broke it open. Number twenty. I like who's, it. Who's I don't have a list. I just have things written down that I really enjoyed this year. I just knew it's going to be 20 things, and saying a number just helps me know. Where you are on that uh, list. Yeah, and I knew I wanted to start with being like, I love your record and whatever. So Damn. The rest of it doesn't really matter except for... <laughs> number if, 20 on the if list. If no one says <laughs> numbers, if I don't say numbers, <laughs> then we'll just go and actually say like 50 things. Right, and right, be like, right. Wait, are we done yet? Did we finish the episode? <laughs> So, does what do you want to pick something? And it, you know, this isn't like an actual rank thing. It's just we 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 picked a number of things. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm gonna say one of my favorite things of the year is Avengers Endgame. All right, it was one of my favorite cinematic events of the year. Yeah. It was one of those movies that um, me and Milani saw it on opening night, and we were super pumped the entire way through. I found it very satisfying. I it was it was the perfect closure to the story arc, and I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I have been quite vocal. This makes my top 10 movies of the year. Uh, I've been quite vocal about um, how every time I watch that movie, I feel a profound sense of gratitude Mm. to whatever circumstances allowed me to see that movie opening night. Yeah. Because my favorite theatrical experience ever. Ever. Ever, 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 ever was when... Cap picks up the hammer. Oh, scene's so good. <laughs> and then, minutes later, the fucking on your left, when Sam Wilson flies back in, that filled me with such unbridled and raw joy 
Yeah. That I can't even begin to put it into words. And it it's there's been nothing like it. And that's um I think my biggest problem with the stupid debate of cinema versus not cinema mm. is that I see people sort of like clamoring to be like, well, it's good, but ellipsis. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, first off, unless it's like a screwdriver record or some shit like that, you don't have to justify what you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. art moves you, it moves you. You don't have to explain it to anybody. But yeah, just Endgame, it, it, it was just like, I was watching it and I remember just thinking like, is this real? Yeah, 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 am, for sure. Am I witnessing something real right now? And that's just how perfectly executed it was. And I, I've never seen a film pull that off before. Or made me feel that way before. Yeah, just You know what so... I mean? Like, just, like, f- like fucking happy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing, right? I really hate the variety of movie criticism that has to, like, like you said, has to justify why things are on your list or whatever like that. Like, dude, if a movie connects to you in a way that makes you feel something before you, like, that you didn't feel prior to seeing that yeah. movie, then that's fucking good art, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, some people get that shit from listening to E-Town. Just saying, man. Like... That's okay. That's all right. It makes it valid. If you if you got something from it, then hey. Yeah. That's a fucking good ass movie. So that movie is on my fucking list for the year. Dude, Endgame. Super duper fun. I love the whole Captain America stuff. I, I loved like the way it ended, made me it feel good. Hit. It yeah, kicked man. Me, it kicked me right in the soft bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally with it, man. Totally with it. Any any thoughts on this, Liam? Uh I feel okay now knowing which of the things I loved. Uh, from this year that Justin, when I bring them up, is going to be like, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> uh, because uh, you guys loved Endgame so much, and I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. no, I had to get up early in the morning and run a trash route <laughs> to pick up the trash. <laughs> it's fine. My, feel, my feeling on Endgame is uh, I, I'm, my negative feelings towards it are because I don't love it, mm-hmm. because I love comic books. Right. And I want right, the right. culmination of... 20 years? How long have we been doing these Marvel movies now? Your your lack of awareness to linear time continues to startle and it's What year is it, man? What year? No, no, no. With a fucking huge bushy mustache. What year is it, man? What year did Iron Man come out? 2008. 12 years ago. Yeah, okay, so 12 years. Fine. That's a far cry from 20 years. Get the fuck out of my face. The point is, well, let's say this. Do you need to see a doctor? Are you okay? <laughs> let's say this. Or a calendar? Let's, yeah. Let's say this. It's been a long time of Marvel movies and even some of the pre-MCU movies. Mm-hmm. I really think Endgame is the culmination, and so I want to be in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I like parts of it a lot. Okay. But overall, when it ended, I was not. I was just like, okay, cool. You were left unmoved. Well, it was fun. I mean, I was moved in the sense of I had fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it was like, did I have more fun than any other movie that I enjoyed this year? No, not particularly. Okay, but it's like I should. I feel like I should. I feel <laughs> like I should, and I just feel like because I, I, part of my thing is, and this is something from something that was bad from 2019. Okay, was fan theories. Oh God! And in some cases, yeah. the worst case was like. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. I was going to say Game of Thrones. Oh wow! Because I, I didn't watch any Game of Thrones. I oh think, really? Um, Nary not one. I didn't hate the last season, uh-huh. but I think a lot of the people who had issues with it were people who had these like wild ass theories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get you have a wild ass theory, but that's not what's gonna, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually think a couple of Endgame theories were better than Endgame. 
There were like okay. three or four things around the internet that I thought, oh, if that's what they did, this movie would have been better. You're you're just mad that it, they didn't that Beta Ray Bill didn't ride into the last uh, second. I Dude, if Beta Ray Bill was in that shit, I, I would have lost my I goddamn mind. Got him tattooed built, on my back. I don't think they built the groundwork for Beta Ray Bill. I think if he showed up, I would have been like too random, <laughs> too <laughs> random. No, wasn't no, there? No. There's an image of Beta Ray Bill in, in Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah, in Ragnarok, there's a an image of him in the wall, a statue of him. Yeah, that's not. That's enough. Still for you, fucking for you cool, man. Still fucking. See, cool. I really think I love I, the Beta Ray Bill storyline. I, I really. F- oh no, 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 I'm cool. It's not nothing against Beta Ray Bill. I just feel like the fan theories I thought was were like kind of cool. I think there was some weight. Like Adam Warlock could have shown up. That yeah. Okay. I would. I would. I would. I would have think that would have been awesome. I already thought that's where we're headed when we saw the cocoon stuff at the end of uh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, okay, here we go. And I don't think it makes the movie bad. All I'm saying is, I. For my taste, Endgame played it safe. Mm. Okay. And I think okay. that if I was more emotionally attached to the MCU, it would have played better with me because it did a really good job of ending each of the existing sort Story of character lines. arcs yeah. in a very strong way. All, mm. car- all cards on the table, and I'm saying this completely seriously, I actually was kind of disappointed when at no point Thanos didn't turn nebula into a fucking living statue mm. right like i honestly thought like i was like they're, they're not gonna do that and then like when they found out like the whole like there's two of them and i was like they gonna fucking turn into a statue? <laughs> like i was like Are this? and then like like ebony mall showed up i was like holy fuck they're gonna fucking do it and <laughs> they didn't but yeah there's just a there's just a couple of wild ass things they could have done that would have mm. been for me consistent they wouldn't have been totally left field they would have been consistent it would have been cool mm. they didn't do any of them and I don't think that makes the movie bad, but for my taste, mm-hmm. just one thing. I, I, granted, the when all, when they all turn out to be alive, they all show up for the big battle. Yeah, that's an epic moment. Yeah, oh, lovely. If there had been one, the Avengers Assemble moment. If there Fucking had been fuck. one, if there had been Jesus. one epic moment like that, that was just a teeny bit more left field, it would have been. I think I would have been more into the movie. Okay. And again, none of that's to say it's bad. It's definitely on my good list. I didn't leave like angry, but mm. I did think like, man, I just I, I wish I loved that a little bit more because it is the culmination of uh, I'm sorry, twelve years. Thank you. Thank and you. I would argue more because of the movies prior to like they were working that shit out for a while and then the MCU is like, here we're doing this thing for real. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, when they really laid the groundwork for the Infinity Saga in Spider Man three. <laughs> Here's the thing. No <laughs> Spider-Man 1, no MCU. <laughs> a moot point. I don't think it's moot. It's a moot point. My favorite point is that uh, Melani had a thing at work where she had Joe Montana, the football player, and I thought she she said Joe Montana, Dr. Octopus, <laughs> and it wasn't. That's Alfred Molina. <laughs> Alfred Molina, sorry. <laughs> Joe Montana. Joe Montana, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, no, let that me, happened. Let me, let me put it this way so you finally understand what I mean. I understand what when you mean. When I'm in the theater seeing the TV movie that was the first X-Men film on a big screen. Okay. Whoa. That is a lot. That's what heavy. I'm hoping for is what Endgame was. Yes. And so I'm saying it's the culmination of that desire of I think a lot of... No one, I think, in some of the pre-X-Men universe movies... I don't think anyone seriously thought like this is going to something huge. No, that even even up until X Men Apocalypse, when they were like Warren right. Worthington, is in, I was like, there's no way that yeah. e- they had Warren Worthington and Caliban in it. I was like, there is no way we are going to get the treatment of those two characters involving Apocalypse that we're going to. And yet, I was still disappointed in that right. movie. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's go with you, Justin. Uh, let's, let's... Twenty to something cool that came out in 2019. I'll start with. Uh, 
a record came out that I really liked. This it, it, it got me. I'm gonna eat crow on this. But man, Angel Dust's pretty buff. Mm. Yeah, dog. Certified ass beater. Yeah, dog. It's a good record. That record, good record. Bops. Yes. But uh, people were not psyched on them when they opened for a veil at Union Transfer. I bet they weren't. They I were not they pumped. Yeah, it do, was. Do you not know what that? Do you know what that record's about? No. It's apparently like most of the record is about how Justice Justice's uh, his dog died. Oh, so he no like shit. wrote a lot of. And I was like, fuck, that makes that makes me love this even more. Yeah, I mean, it was very sad. He had a uh, just a beautiful dog that I knew only through the internet. Mm. But I, you know, he posted about it a good deal, and other people posted about it a good deal. And when that dog passed away, I just thought, oh, yeah. It was sad. It was a sad time. So I mean, that that record is very like, um, it's one of those. I, I don't know. For, for 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 like, there's nothing else out there that really sounds like that. And um, I my my hatred for saxophones <laughs> is the stuff of legend. But they're one of the few bands that pulls off like use of a saxophone in a way that I'm like that that really works and it should belong there. Yeah, I think them and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> And, and the specials. And Sorry, Tim, and go Tim, on. And Tim Capello. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I love that record. I think it's, yeah, I think it's yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, it'll come up again later in a different way for me. But yeah, 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 yeah. I really, yeah. it's really, really good. And that's all I got for that. Okay. <laughs> um, so I already said something music. So let me start with one of my films here just to get the ball rolling. And again, these are not in, for me, in a... Uh, Ranked order, uh, if you're looking for ranked order, check out the end of your list on Cinepunks. I'm just picking out stuff that I love that I think it's worth talking about. And, God, there's so many good movies. This is really hard. So I think I'm going to talk about um, something that I think won't be on y'all's list, and that's why it's the first thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's a movie called Diamantino. Did it, not see it. What is Diamantino? So, um, Did you see it, Justin? <laughs> I did not. Big shout out to Boots Riley, director oh, of right. uh, Sorry to Bother You. He put, uh, for IndieWire, did like a director's top 10, and, and mm-hmm. he put Diamantino at the top of his list. It's been on our server for a while, and mm-hmm. I saw it on other people's lists and thought, I'll give it a try. So Diamantino is a film, a uh, Portuguese film, in mm-hmm. which a famous soccer player uh, who basically lives a sheltered life, doesn't understand what the world is about. Uh, he is leading Portugal to the World Cup. He's just amazing at soccer. Mm-hmm. And what the film reveals to you in a very sort of fun way is that the, one of the reasons he's so good at soccer is that in his head, while he's playing soccer, all he sees around him are giant fluffy puppies. Whoa. Just puppies and, and like pixie dust. And that's his world. It's, he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's not noticing the other players. He's not seeing the stadium. While he's playing soccer, his mental world are just frolicking fluffy puppies. <laughs> and so as he's going, there's just CGI fluffy puppies everywhere <laughs> in pink mist. And already, that's the opener of the movie. I'm going, okay, I'm pretty... <laughs> like, right, yeah, this. this is our thing. And then uh, on a boat trip, he's out with his family, which includes his dad, who mm. loves him very much and is very much wants him to know, I love you whether you win or not. And then his money-grubbing twin sisters, who use him for money and hate their dad and are basically just trying to get more money from just being related to him mm-hmm. uh they're out on this boat trip and he sees refugees uh, as as you all know there are people coming over to europe from africa regularly mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what the word refugee is doesn't know there are places that aren't great like portugal doesn't even understand like the situation at all mm-hmm. he's just in his own world so he decides he's going to help these folks only 
now having seen the face of suffering, his mental world is done. So mid-World Cup, the dogs are turning into the sea, and he's seeing the face of the refugees. Whoa. And he loses the World Cup. This is not a spoiler. This is the intro to the movie. Mm. And then the movie is about his life after that, right? Mm. And he has two things going on. On one hand, his sisters are trying to use him for money. Now that he's sort of a kind of a big failure, how they're going to still get money out of him. Mm. And it has to do with the government and uh, the National Front in Portugal and this whole whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the police are investigating him for... Uh, laundering money and so they place an undercover agent with him as supposedly a refugee child that he has adopted but it's actually a police officer who's investigating him wow i say police they say police in the movie but it's more like secret service like she's doing specifically tax related stuff you know whatever um and then the movie sort of goes from there and it goes from that all seems very silly but real world it slowly amps up a sci-fi angle until there's experiments on him what? there's plans for like an army and it sounds pretty absurd sounds it, like it starts the boots off Riley absurdism it starts off to. just silly and becomes more and more like absurd mm-hmm. and that really sold me on the film i loved it okay uh, again i don't know uh i don't know in a in a real way if i would put it on a like a like all year sort of list, but mm. it was such an unexpected good time for me yeah. that I have to recommend it. And I think it does a lot of interesting, weird stuff with gender mm-hmm. um, that I think is intentional. And I think it's like, it's not sort of, uh, there's a lot of gender fluidity in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting the way it's done. So uh, Diamantino, if you get a chance to catch it and you like something silly and, kind of political then i I recommend it okay diamantino yeah we'll check it out josh what's your number 19 uh i didn't make a list just uh just pick something buddy we just got to keep track oh right the numbers are just to keep (laughs) track uh i gotta say it john wick three man yeah yo i don't know if i was more hyped for a movie than that one this year that movie came out and a fucking woo. you know what i'm saying what was that Mighty Richard Flair there. Yeah. I loved it. I had so much fun watching it. That was another one that you and I saw on Press Screener, right, Liam? And yes. uh dude, super duper fun. I still haven't seen John Wick too. Oh, so. sweet baby Jeebus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it so much. It was one of the most fun times. I mean, granted, there are issues. There are issues. I but mean, it's, um, yeah, it's not a perfect movie, but No, but man, what a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and the best thing about it is that um, if you signed up for the press release, they signed you up for this John Wick newsletter or whatever. <laughs> so the day of the press release, when the movie came out, we all got a text that said, you have served and you will serve again. John Wick 4, May 2021. And I was like, this is the greatest text message I've ever gotten in my entire <laughs> life. Like, it was so cool. And uh, I really, really liked it. I liked the whole bulletproof soldier business. And I liked um, just the all the stuff in it. Super duper fun. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. I, the the extended attack dog sequence is Whoa, one of my favorite things. So that much happened fun! In yeah, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah! Halle Berry in there, and with the dogs, my god! I'm glad you added that in because that was one I wanted to put in, but there was just so many things I love this year that uh, I was like, I don't know if I can fit in the John Wick three. But I'm man, glad we're talking super about duper it. fun! I really truly had fun watching that movie. Justin, Good time. number nineteen for you, sir. I want to talk about a uh, a limited TV series called Chernobyl. I did not watch it. It All came right. highly recommended. Right. Have you watched I it? I have watched it, yes. Technically, it's a historical drama, mm-hmm. 
but there are definitely scenes in that show that were purposefully and distinctly shot as a horror movie. Mm. Case in point, there's a scene, I think it's in the second or third. We're all familiar with the fucking Chernobyl. With right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Heard of it. Heard of it. <laughs> there's a scene, I think it's in the second or third episode, where these two workers are in the flooded basement of the reactor. Uh-huh. And they have these Geiger count Geiger counters. Yeah. Right, right. So it's like you got this Right. This ticking. And they're like in the dark and they're like looking around and the ticking is getting getting louder and louder. And I'm watching it and I'm going, There's no way whoever made this hasn't seen aliens with the fucking motion fucking beeping and all that. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, and there, 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 there were so many. Again, it, it's not meant to be. It, it's not meant to be like uh, horror or fantastic. But there's, there's these scenes where the, 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 they'll go up on the roof of the reactor, and there's this giant fucking beam of radiation Holy shooting out of it. And I'm like, this is, this is like the end of a Lovecraft story when right before everything goes to shit. Mm. Um, and it was just, uh, it was just a really. Uh, intensely well-made i mean even like the, the the weird imagery aside of it there there was a lot of moments in it that were just so grim and unrepentantly pessimistic mm. that it it kind of made me um feel a lot of things that i wasn't comfortable with yeah namely like uh a disgust for human nature a sadness that this happened a fear that it could happen again and then just an appreciation for the artistic value of it. Um, there was a lot of good acting in that. There was a lot of really well done shots in that. Every single character accomplished what they set out to do, whether it was make you feel sympathy or make you hate them. And there were just there were just a lot of these like really really subtle moments that if you're at all familiar with with what actually happened, like the one I always go back to is in the very first episode when the firefighters show up and they you know there's like the the graphite from the casings laying around and. The one firefighter just like picked it up and was like, hey, what's this? And like my fucking heart like went into my throat and I was like, mm. that guy's dead. Yeah. And it's all these little things like that that y- you 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 don't really think about that they they translate it into a really, really, really good story that happened that that managed to be both wholly depressing and at the same time it, it's sort of I'm not gonna say it's like some cliche that it like uplifted the human spirit, but it it managed to tell a story that was about the worst that humanity has to offer, but it focused around a group of people who were still doing all they could do to write this unwritable thing mm. at the cost of their own lives. Wow. And I think that like pervaded the entire series and it just, it just really, uh, it really resonated with me. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That show comes highly recommended by a friend of the show and uh Personal friend Joseph Trevesi, who it's amazing. he loved it as well. Yeah. So I just I haven't had a chance. I to mean, watch he it. probably hates it because it shows the failure of communism. But <laughs> no, Joseph highly recommended it. Yeah, he was just like, dude, it's so good. Justin's just busting. He's busting balls. I'm just I'm just bu- I'm breaking balls over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, balls over here. So I will say this is a good thing. You know, a friend of mine, Adam Kotzko, just posted a thing about how like um, uh, being capable of political critique doesn't mean that the political critique affects the quality of a thing. Mm-hmm. So he was frustrated because he felt like there are all these people pointing out the political problems with the Watchmen. And he, as someone who was just as clued in, it was like, yeah, but none of these criticisms mean the show is bad. Yeah. He's like, I agree with all of these criticisms, but <laughs> that doesn't make the show bad. 
sometimes bad politics can make a show bad. Yeah. But maybe Watchmen is still good, even if you at heart disagree with some of its assumptions. Yeah. Um, you know, I read something where someone was like, even though the original comic book doesn't focus on race, by being more focused on anti-fascism, it's actually more anti-racist than the show, even though the show focuses on race. And I was like, that's a good argument. It doesn't make the show bad. Show yeah. show can still be amazing. So my feeling on Chernobyl is I love Chernobyl. The only part of it I didn't like is the assertion by the creators that what they made was an objective. They literally kept saying, well, it's objective and it no. represents the historical whatever. And I was like, okay, just one detail. In the show from Chernobyl, there is a pillar of dark fire that goes up at all times. Eldritch flame rises to the sky at all times. And 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 when you're watching the show, you're thinking, don't aren't these people concerned about the Eldritch fire? Like, why are <laughs> they so close to the literal black pillar? Well, in real life, there was no thing. Everyone was like, yeah, it exploded, but it looks fine. I guess we're fine. <laughs> That's why so many of them died. Right. Turns out, if there was a giant black pillar, they probably would have gone. You know, I'm gonna get out of here. This seems out of here. It's yeah. not the place to be, so, right? But now. on the show, it's very dramatic. I don't think it makes the show bad. In fact, I think the show for us as viewers, seeing an actual black pillar, we're going, Oh fuck. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. they're all dead. But that's not what happened in real life. And so mm-hmm. the it, I think it's a great example of I think Chernobyl is perfect. Mm-hmm. But some people take it as a complete historical document, partly because the showrunners were like, we really kept to all the facts. And I'm like, you didn't, though. You just Mm. made a very compelling narrative that represents most of the facts. Right. But some of the facts, eh, a little fudgy, a little fudgy on the facts. But that's okay. I don't I I don't think I don't think smart people. We're watching it going, this is exactly how it happened. (laughs) I think maybe a few people did because they're not very clued into like being media savvy. Okay, well, here's the thing. You say that, but let's not forget that not too long ago, there was a quote-unquote documentary made by the History Channel about mermaids. And they had to include a disclaimer in the beginning, and people were still like, yo, so is this like real? (laughs) Jesus Christ. So you're putting a little too much credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I agree with Justin. If you haven't watched Chernobyl. and uh, I, Watchmen's also on my list for the year. That was same an amazing here, yeah. experience. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was going to say. I was going to jump off. I could jump off of both of yours, Justin, that you just did. I'm going to jump off the TV one first. And I'm just going to say there actually was so much. I, I tried to just make a list of TV shows. And I was like, wait, I'm not a TV critic. This is a lot. I'm doing a lot of TV. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to say whether we're talking about The Watchmen or Chernobyl, we're talking about Russian Doll, the new season of Mindhunter, Glow, uh, for my taste, Great British Bake Off, uh, <laughs> a show Sex Education, Mrs. Fletcher. Uh, there's so much between Netflix, HBO, and Showtime. Mm. I had trouble keeping up with movies because there was TV I actually wanted to watch. I'm not even counting the shows I watch that I kind of hate myself for a little bit. Mm. I still watch The Flash. I still watch Supergirl. I, uh, I Are you sad about Arrow ending? I stopped watching Arrow two seasons ago. Crisis on Infinite Earth, Earth though they got you got to watch it all. I, this is my problem, right? Is that the last crossover? I was like, oh no, I don't know who some of these Arrow characters or Legend of Tomorrow characters are because I stopped watching those shows. Gotcha. And I don't watch Black Lightning, but I should probably watch that. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Good year is, for TV. Good year the for point TV. Is, my number eighteen is 
there was so much good TV that like it's probably the first year in a while where if you're like, you know, I just watched more TV than movies. I'm not. Some part of me in the past was kind of judging that a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, Come on. <laughs> but like for me, there was a lot of stuff I watched that yeah, I, you I, did. I just really cared about. So you got um, me into <coughs> Three Bear Bears. And I love, uh, I love We Bear Bears. I love. Uh, well, this is not from this year, but I, I got into Gravity Falls this year, which I really love. Mm. Uh, I also want to mention Umbrella Academy. I thought Umbrella Academy was really oh, great. Yeah. So. Did not see it. Did not see it. I know you're 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 definitely the person who's still like more TV, more movies than TV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel that. Yeah, but also I Steven Universe. Your way into Steve Universe. I love Steven. I, and th- had this, nothing to do with Steven Yoon. <laughs> I was definitely this sold year. The they Bill had the, the final. Like oh. they, they had a final, and then they had a movie. Whoa. Both of which were good. And now they started the show up again, which I haven't gotten to watch yet. Mm. But I hear the new show is also really good. And the new show is like, from what I understand, no adventures, all healing. Oh. All him reconnecting with people and making sure they're doing okay and like seeing where people are in life. Like, no danger at all. He's just like, <laughs> hey, you, you wanted to kill me before, but now things have changed. Now like, we're how's, homies. How's life now? Like, what's wow. going on with you? Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I really want to watch that. <laughs> it sounds really cool. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, again, I, I didn't want to spend uh, another list of 10 TV shows. So, mm. yo, TV was hyped this year. There's a lot of things I loved. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Chernobyl or Russian Doll or Bell Academy, Sex Education, Mindhunter, these are all things you should jo- go check out. I, I really I really felt like yeah, I was not wasting my time with TV this year. Cool. Cool. Anything? We're, we're going to do Watchmen. We we all uh, let's let's fuck. all let's let's just talk yeah. Watchmen real quick. Watchmen was amazing. Watchmen's yes. great. Fucking hell, man! I hadn't seen TV like that I get ever in life. Maybe a lot of people I'm friends with didn't like the end of Watchmen. No, <laughs> what? A lot of people didn't like the end of Watchmen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just gotta say, I just gotta say, I did. I really liked it. I thought it really I loved worked. it. Yeah, I really, I really felt all of it from beginning to end. It really worked for me. Here's how good that show is. I now know two people. Who have not read the comic book, who have not seen the Snyder film, yeah. who watched the Watchmen and were just like, that was, um, including my mother, who was like, eh, comic books that aren't on the MCU. <laughs> my son's a weirdo. <laughs> like, she was watching the Watchmen and, like, I, I don't want to do any spoilers, but the scene at the um, scene in the last episode when um, Osterman, he teleports three people away, mm-hmm. but not Mother Knight. Right, right, right. Or Sister Night. Sister Night, yeah. And he was just like, I don't want to be alone when I die. Fuck. That is such a simple... Yeah. For a character who was, you'd think at this point above that, very mm. human moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a godlike character, it just yeah. makes it so much more and poignant. the one thing I really like about this show is that it absolutely 100% put the nail in the coffin of Rorschach is not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rorschach yeah. is not the character you want to relate to. The, in fact, the only the only good thing Rorschach really did for me ever mm-hmm. was as a follower of Kantian ethics. <laughs> uh, when I first read The Watchmen, and he's just like, "No, you killed three million people. Like, I have to go back, and you're going to get arrested." Yeah. And they were like, "Well, well, but 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 if if you go back, like, the war's going to start again." He's like, "Doesn't matter. Mm. He killed three million people. He that's justice." And I'm I'm sitting there going, yeah, "He's kind of." Like he kind of, he's kind of right. Like it's practically he's wrong, but morally Rorschach is one hundred percent in the right. Um, and I like the fact that in this one they they made all the worst, all the Rorschach like homeboys. Yeah, made them the bad guys. Complete racist assholes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Josh, 
Right. You're next. What What's something from this year? I'm not even going to bring up the numbers. I'm just going to personally keep track of the numbers because okay. every time I bring up a number, you get confused. But, but, but why? You know, right. But I don't have a list. I'm like, <laughs> you don't have a numbered list, but there's a list in front of you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to talk about the things that I fucking loved. Yeah. We're not even going to go in order. I'm not trying to be some type of uh, edgy yeah. dude. I'm just going to say what I loved. Yeah. Do what you do. Jojo Rabbit. Fucking love Ooh, Jojo Rabbit. Amazing. I know that people find it to be a galvanizing thing. Uh, I yeah, see that some, some people, people really, really don't like it. it. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. There, I I adore this Shit fucking movie. Was amazing. It was lit, right? My, like it was my fucking number great. two. My number two pick of the year of the year of the year. Right? Yeah, wow. it's super duper That's fun. That's huge. It's, it's very good. It's a very. Um, I mean, like a lot of the criticism that I've read is that it's very like difficult and dealing with uh, very real monstrous issues but in a playful way which the i a lot of the criticism i see is like mad about that but i'm also like dude it's about like a 10 year old kid you know what i mean I, like i get that but here's the thing it is a jewish man making a film that is mocking uh hitler and nazism yeah that alone is that should not be discounted right there has to be a sense of catharsis for for Taika Waititi. Yeah. I think that Taika Waititi is one of my favorite directors right now. He's amazing. I think he's... Uh, he I, I really can agree with that. I mean, like I said, I still haven't watched Georgia Rabbit, but just based on his other stuff. Yeah, come yeah. on, boy. Like, yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People. Like, these movies are all amazing. And the, the, the thing I like about this movie is that it, it had a lot of... It was marketed as, like, a silly comedy. Right. But in the third act, it takes a very dark turn. It does. Um, It shows uh some of the things that Okay, I'm going to drop some history on you guys. Do it. One of my biggest pet peeves historically is the myth of the neutral Wehrmacht, in which there's this idea that the German army as a whole was this sort of like, well, we don't agree with the Nazis, but we love Germany. When in reality, I'm sure there were a lot of German officers who were who were just kind of like, yeah, we don't necessarily subscribe to nationalist socialism, mm. but at the same time, like this is what our country is, and we stand by Germany, do or die. In this movie, I like the fact that they kept talking about, and by they, because Liam hasn't seen it, I don't want to, there was this idea of, like, I fight for Germany. I fight for Germany. Mm. And you're thinking, like, oh, they're talking about, like, Hitler. But then it's like, no, no, no. These are are German nationalists who sort of have this, like, optimism that, like, Germany will outlive Hitler. Mm. The Nazis will fall. Hitler will be fucking dragged into a ditch and shot. But Germany, at the end of the day, will still be there. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that there was this that it was it was it was presenting a brand of like pride in Germany as a country that absolutely rejected the Nazis. Mm. And I also like the fact that there was these really, 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 really hilarious moments. Yeah, that would then lead to these really poignant, yeah, like cathartic moments. Case yeah. in point. Sam Rockwell. Oh my God, genius! And, and and the whole like get away from me Jew part. Yeah, that hit so fucking hard. Yeah, because the whole time you're like, who is this guy? Like, what are his motivations? Mm. What is he doing? What's going on in there? And then and that last scene, how the whole like facade, like in the opening scene, how he's just like, yes, I should be out there fighting the Allies, but I lost an eye, so yeah, I'm doing yeah, yeah. all the really important stuff, like training kids how to pitch tents. Who's first? Who wants to come up here? So he's this like super bitter guy mm-hmm. who you don't know where he stands in the whole movie, and then at the end you're like, oh fuck, man, like he. And then, like, the last scene of them dancing to fucking David oh Bowie. Oh, my God. I was bawling. Dude, it fucking killed me. Yeah. Just the whole, when 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 she asked him if it's dangerous outside, and he's like, 
always. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Fuck. And the scenes. Oh are, my god, making me almost cry right now. It's so great. The fucking it's, scenes when the SS shows up and they do like the fucking thirty second greeting every time. Oh there's my like goodness. Six guys that are genius. Like, how Hitler? How Hitler? Yeah. How Hitler. And they're just going through every. And they they do it. They play it completely, completely straight. Straight. Com- uh, brilliant. Wonderful brilliant. filmmaking. I thought that all like the the wild parts are really really effective. Yes. Like just the intro stuff with like the grenade and all that stuff. <laughs> Loved all that shit. And I think that as far as movie going experiences this year goes that's one of my top ones i really really loved it yeah this was a movie i i recommended to my um to my mom and i was like you know what like you can let brie watch it too because there's nothing in that movie that's very gory or exactly like... it's it's a little heavy it might be a little heavy for a kid but like she's read the diary of Anne frank okay she knows about that stuff so right. um and again historically one of the things i really appreciated about this movie is when they showed the fall of berlin that is pretty much how it was. Mm. There, there, there weren't these German soldiers fighting and dying for the greater glory of the Third Reich. It was old men and old women and children, just like getting chewed the fuck up by Soviet, mm. uh, Soviet artillery. So, I, th- this was just one of those experiences where it was this perfect storm of like comedy, um, just really heartfelt human storytelling, mm-hmm. and then tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, easily. I didn't see it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure there. Here's the thing: the people, uh, the pe- people I know who, not, not well, some people seem to hate it, and I don't know why. Um, who hates it? Name names. But the there people, are some critics that I saw that find it to be completely misguided and so on and so forth. Like that's. A but I knew people who didn't love it, who felt like there were aspects of it that they didn't love, mm-hmm. but. Having not seen it, I don't really, you know what I mean? Like, I sometimes I like to bring up the counter argument mm-hmm. just to be like, well, I get what people say this or that. I don't know why. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you guys loved it, you guys loved it. Yeah, it doesn't really no, matter. That other. I don't really, though, like, the, again, maybe I'll see it and I'll be offended too. But the people who are like, well, it's inappropriate. Like, why would it? I don't. It's not yeah. like he's the first, you know what I mean? Like, we've already got Chaplin and Mel Brooks taking their shots. Yeah, we already have so Tarantino taking the, his shot. Like, well, but I mean specifically Jews. Oh, he's right, the right, third right. Jewish filmmaker to go, I'm going to make fun of him. In fact, I'm going to be Hitler. You yeah. Know? Well, mm-hmm. Why not? You know, like. It's not like he's the first, like no one's ever done He's the third dude mm. to do it. So like maybe he, uh, if they want to get specific about something about his performance, but the idea that he can't do it is weird to me. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but like I said, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I'll, the next Cinepunks I'll be on here going, you guys are so wrong. It was so <laughs> awful. I'll, but I'll murder you. I just, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's true. I don't think it's going to happen. I right. think I'm, I'm probably going to like it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. All right. Justin, what do you got? Uh, I want to talk about um, a book I read this year. Yes. 2019, a little book called Wardenclyffe by F. Paul Wilson. Uh, I'm currently writing... That's your man. I love F. Paul Wilson. Um, I'm currently writing a piece for the as-yet-unnamed column I want to do for Cinepunks in 2020 that is basically arguing that F. Paul Wilson is the modern inheritor of the throne that H.P. Lovecraft abdicated upon his death or transcendence to the fucking Shoggoths. Um, I don't want to, because I'm going to jump upon it a lot in the in in this in this article I'm writing. But like Wardenclyffe is basically it. The bulk of F. Paul Wilson's work fits in what he calls the secret history secret history of the world, and he's made allusions to several times to how Nikolai Tesla fits into this. So he wrote this book called Wardenclyffe about the famous experiments 
um, Tesla was doing out in Long Island in the town of Wardenclyffe was in this big tower. It involves him opening like a portal to allow like other creatures to come in. Um, and the thing I really liked about it, and one of the things I'm going to touch upon is um, when we did our episode with um, Ryan Sawyer, I, I touched upon how F. Paul Wilson has like, like he's a very like political libertarian but not in the like fedora vaping sense of like, I just want to be like an edgelord. Like he is actually like a dedicated, he, he, he fully believes in non-interference in all aspects of life. And one of the things he does a lot is in his, in his books, he has a lot of representation for marginalized people. And in this book, which takes place in 1903, the main character, it's revealed to be transgender. And a lot of the, a lot of the struggle that comes from the book is this character being like, if they find out out, that I'm not a, I'm not biologically a, like a man. Like my career is over, mm. and it's all this like so the whole time where they're like they've got this secret society like open the gate further, let the otherness in, bring on the new era. He, she's got that breathing or he's got that breathing down his neck, and then he's got this thing of like I'm working with my hero Nikolai Tesla, and if he finds out that I'm like this, he's gonna kick me off of here, which is bad enough but I'm the only thing that's holding back this fucking monster from another dimension. And I just really appreciated that it, it, it told the story of like a transgender person suffering in times which are even harsher than they are now. Mm. Um, you know, and it fit into his greater uh, mythos as a whole, but yeah, it was just, it was just, you know, I, I've always respected him for having uh, representation of marginalized characters. And as soon as that, that came out, that was the big secret in the book. I was like, this dude just keeps fucking killing it in this sense. So, yeah, Wardenclyffe, check it out. You don't need to know anything more about the series. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a novella technically. Uh, it was a gift for uh, my family on Christmas, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, we'll check. We'll check. Mm -hmm. uh, so three of the big movies on my list we've actually covered on this show: mm -hmm. Lighthouse, Parasite, Pain and Glory. Uh. Let's, let's talk about how much I loved Parasite. <laughs> so Justin didn't like Parasite, and he wants to get into it because I didn't love Endgame. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get where you're going with this. But I actually, it's because we have talked about those a lot, I don't mm. think we need to spend a lot of time on it, I, other than to acknowledge that Justin, Ju Justin did not is a like soulless Parasite. creep who doesn't like Parasite, wow. <laughs> doesn't appreciate true cinema. So what, what was your issue? It didn't grab me. Nothing aesthetically, nothing technically. It's just mm. I watched it, and I don't think it was bad per se. Mm -hmm. um, objectively, technically, the performances were great. Um, it looked great. It just, um, I gave the examples when I watched Uncut Gems. Mm -hmm. Within a minute, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm invested in this. You didn't have that with Parasite. No, this movie I, I was watching. Mostly because you hate poor people and Koreans. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, no, it was just, I was just watching it and I, 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 I just couldn't, um, I, I, I couldn't put myself in the space where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm buying what they're selling mm -hmm. and I am, it, it, this is making me, it, it's, it's bringing me in. Um, but as I told Liam, I'm not a fan of that guy. What's his name? Uh, Bong John who? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of his work. You didn't like the host. You didn't like. I no. didn't. I didn't specifically like dislikes the host. Active, wow. Actively dislike the host. Huh. Yeah. Because it's about Korean people. And we all know how I feel about Korean right, people. Right. 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 <laughs> you motherfucker. Um, no. No. Uh, no. I mean, it was like I'm not gonna. It's I'm not like look. I said if I truly hated this movie, I wouldn't even bring it up. 
mm-hmm. or, and I wouldn't even discuss it. I don't think it was without its merits. It just wasn't a movie for me. Well, like I said, we've we've talked extensively on an episode you should listen to about how much we love Parasite, The Lighthouse, and then our most recent one we talked about Pain and Glory, which I think Pain and Glory is still my number one. There's yeah. a contender. Easily my number one there's movie. A, there's a contender for me, which I'm going to get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to bring up a movie that Justin also mentioned because everyone wants to steal my glory. Can I, can and I, that can is Uncut Gems. Can, no, what? I want to real quick before we do that, before that, can we talk about the lighthouse real quick because i wasn't in on this conversation did you see it i did did you like it i is did it, is it on your list it's on it's gets an honorable mention honorable mention honorable mention dude it was one of my favorite movies of the year like bar none i'm not yeah. saying like it was it was also it just it didn't make the top 10 but it was definitely a movie where i watched it and i was like that was a fucking experience hell yeah um hmm. <laughs> they were fucking right yeah i'm pretty sure okay oh the, the dudes the dudes were fucking I don't know. Mm. There was parts of it that uh, I was like, yeah, this possible. is definitely the subtext here. I, mean, I don't but know. I don't know. Well, okay. The subtext is that they could fuck. Yeah. Or that they that the line between where one begins and the other one ends is like so. Right. Um, but I also don't know how much of that film is interested in telling a linear reality. Like, but to you, I don't know how much of that film actually fucking happened. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. part of what so is great. unbelievable. That's yeah. why it's so brilliant. No, I, assume oh the, I assume the only thing that was real was the mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah, yeah, else yeah, yeah. Was And the tentacle in the fucking... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, At least the one seagull smashing scene was definitely real. That definitely fuck. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, my, 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 my favorite scenes in that were the when, when, when Willem Dafoe gives that like weird... King Lear performance where he's just like, Hark! <laughs> and he's just screaming. <laughs> so like, good. And then the scene where um, Pattinson finds, he's having like the possible hallucination of finding the body of the person whose identity he assumed, and Willem Dafoe like grabs him by the... <laughs> by the shoulder from behind and it turns around and he's all like Poseidon-like and fucking naked and he's got the weird eye beams. That imagery was Ugh. so like, what the fuck is going on in this yeah. movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love this. It's so good. It's, uh, I mean, straight up, I think it's like number seven on my list. Wow, yeah. Uh, whereas Uncut Gems, I think is number three. Oof. Uncut Gems was so good. Did yes. you like it? Yes, I did. I have not seen Good Time. Oh, so I still bro. have no context. Yeah, but... Bro. That said, Uncut Gems was magnificent to me. Uh, it is. It's just a technical achievement in its mm-hmm. uh, ability to ramp up tension at all. It times. was tense the entire way that last through. fifteen minutes. Holy fuck! During the game, yes. like that scene, fucking hell! And it's a it's a classic example for me of a film in which there's a sense of inevitability. Like, yeah. Uh, the way it ends, which I won't ruin for people. Mm-hmm. There was no part of me that assumed anything else was going to happen, and yet when it happens, it's, it's still just like utterly devastating. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, god, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh there it is. That's what I was knew was going to happen, but I yeah, didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, and I I want this to put to bed this. You know, when this movie got announced, so many people were still going, "Huh, Adam Sandler's supposed to be in a good movie," <laughs> and I'm like, don't get me wrong. If if what you're saying is he does more bad movies, agreed. Adam Sandler does a lot of bad movies. Any factual evaluation will show you that. Yes. But he has already done a number of good films. So the fact that people still act like, you're telling me that Adam Sandler acts? <laughs> yeah. He has yeah. done. He has been doing. Yeah, he's on a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah. Come on. The reality, off. the yeah. big surprise with Adam Sandler is simply that 
every time he does one of these serious movies and it doesn't change his perception, he goes, well, I'll just go make money instead. Yeah. Oh, you guys don't want to take me seriously? I guess I'll just make more get crap. Another Happy because, Madison, yeah. Because, your I mean, deeds, yeah. here's the thing. Take Punch Drunk Love. Take uh, the movie where he's a chef. I forget what it was called. Take Funny People. Whatever other serious movie he did. There was one of the, about a... Rain, Rain Over Me. He yeah, did. Rain yeah, Over yeah, Me. Yeah. Yeah, take all those movies. Movie. Combine all those movies. And it's not half of what one of his dumb movies makes. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like the reality true. is like, I get that it's surprising that he doesn't act more in some ways, but I also know my man makes money. Yeah. And so like, you know, I little Nicky is one of Milani's favorite movies of all time. Yeah. <laughs> what is little Nicky? Well, and that's the thing too. It's not, uh, again, I'm not going to defend any of his most recent, but some of the reason we love him is still those classic. Yeah. I love yeah, those yeah, classic, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Adam Sandler movies. So I just, you know, he was so good in this, and it's such a reminder that he is capable of that. Yeah. Now, if someone wants to say, well, this is why I don't like Adam Sandler, because I know he can act and he isn't doing it, I'm actually not offended by that. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's your take. Yeah. That's fine. But like every time someone was like, I can't believe Adam Sandler's in a good movie, <laughs> some part of me was like, oh, buddy. Come <laughs> it's on. like, come on, He's dog. A few. You can He's do better a few. than that. I mean, yeah. don't wrong. Spanglish is not a good movie, but no. he can act. He acts yeah. in Spanglish. Yeah, sure. It's just not like enjoy. I mean, the part where he's crying and eating the fancy cheese, I kind of connected with it. Like, <laughs> visceral level <laughs> but overall that's not a great movie i think i think one of the uh sort of unsung heroes in this movie was eric bogazian yes eric bogazian. yeah dude he, that he's in this movie blew my mind to begin with because i didn't know and then hit the character that he plays huh see i always think of him as um csi or whatever not csi the the, the fucking bad guy from um the John Holmes movie, Wonderland. Oh, Wonderland, yeah, he yeah. He just yeah. exudes menace in that movie. And in this one, he still does. He He's not the guy to be fucked with. He has a very intense look. But that last scene when... When they're trapped in the door. When they're trapped in there, and you see that slow transformation to like... Oh, he's going to do it, that thing? Yeah, well, the sort of like, man, he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And then like he's realizing his henchman, he's like, but this guy's probably going to fucking kill him. And it's, it, it's, it's like... It, it, and, it, and he has that sort of like reluctant. Spoiler alert. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he has that like he, he has that like reluctant. Uh, this guy's like my family. Yeah. And for better or worse, like I I I love him. He's like my mm. my brother in law. And just the just the the slow transformation from like anger mm. to fucking maybe he's got it to hopelessness is just. Well, uh, majestic. I, I, I yeah. think you could look up everyone. Like Garnett is great. Yeah, he's uh, actually really, really good. Yeah. Both his, both Sandler's wife, the woman playing his Lakeith wife, is from Frozen. Lakeith and, Stanfield's uh, amazing. In Lakeith this. Stanfield. Uh, but yeah, the Sandler's wife from who, who's in Frozen, mm-hmm. and then uh, the woman who plays young woman who plays his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like each of these roles could have been thrown away. Like there's John yeah, Hirsch. Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Hirsch is in that movie. <laughs> John Hirsch is amazing. So, so yeah. many people are just really good and really killing. All I, the fact, parts of this movie really, make for an amazing cinema. I really want to lift up the actress who plays his lady friend, uh, not his wife. She's good too, but mm-hmm. uh, because that's such a role that could be played like. She could have been like a bimbo, or she could have mm. been. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways for that role to not stand out. Mm. And every scene she's in, I'm like, ah, oh, she's real good too. Because she yeah. has that balance of like, I'm not taking you seriously, and but I'm also seriously I involved still, in this. Yeah, I still can't, like. I really got this feeling of like, she actually cares about this. Isn't just about her having an apartment or having yeah. money. She like thinks he's really fun. Like she yeah, really yeah. cares yeah, about yeah, him, yeah. Uh, even if some of the stuff she does seems selfish. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I think that's the movie overall, right? Like. Adam Sandler plays a terrible character in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. 
awful human, and yet I'm root that whole like I'm like yeah. towards the end of the movie. I'm like, yeah, buddy, but I'm also like, oh, this is gonna suck because. <laughs> Well, just that the whole movie is truly at its core a movie about transgressions. Yes. And just the gems in the actual Opal, like, move through rock and all this other stuff. It's such an amazing... And then, like, the final shot, you know, going through the blood and everything. It's like, whoa, this really is, like, the overarching, like, story they're trying to tell. And I found it to be very effective. It also, I was telling Liam, it, it, it also kind of hits on, like, a personal note because that's basically what I do for a living is I deal with jewelry and, mm-hmm. and gold and all that shit. And just like, especially the scenes in the pawn shop when he's like haggling over the, the Celtics ring and the mm. guy's just like, I don't know, man, you're not going to come back. Like I've had that conversation with customers Whoa. probably three times this week. Jesus where they'll Christ. Come in and they're like, yeah, but this is like 18 carat gold with like a 20 point diamond. I'm like, yeah, man, but you're not going to come back for this. Yeah. I'm going to give you this huge loan. If I know I'm going to lose, no, come on, man. I'm like, I, I can't, man charge me more. Charge me 10%. Like uh, legally, I can't do that. Like that whole conversation, whole desperation. I was just like, fuck, I've been there. I've been on that end where I'm like, I want to help you yeah. so much but you're being unreasonable right right and it just right. it just uh, so yeah affecting very affecting yeah mm. and then that like i said the last 15 minutes when he's like watching that game i was just like whoo man so it's unbelievable i mean uh, it's believable because it happens i yeah, believe I, but i think that performance is unbelievable so I mean, good and like i mean so like good. dude the weekend in there and all that stuff like yeah. what the fuck how did that happen yeah, you know I like, like that too. shit is crazy man this is super duper good really loved it here you go, Josh. 1917, the Sam Mendes Shit, movie. didn't see it. Dude, I haven't it? seen it. Haven't seen I, it. I had the privilege of seeing it earlier last month on a press screener, and then it just came out on New Year's Day or something like that, like recently. Dude, it is so good. And I'm not even a war movie dude. Like, I'm not a dude that, like... I mean, I really only want to see it because of Sam Mendes. You know what I mean? It's like, so cool, On its though. surface, I'm like, 1917, I don't give a fuck. Dude. But, like... I did not give a fuck either. I yeah. did not. I just I was wanna like, s- I want to see it because of the one cut. Oh my god, it's so majestic! Like I was uh, reading the other day about how um, there are a lot of tracking shots that go through the trenches in the movie, and yeah, Sam yeah. Mendes built the trenches to the length of the dialogue, so that it would take from A to B to speak the line that then would change into the next scene. But he pre-thought out how long that would take and built the set around that. Yeah, it's. I mean, like. We've all seen Rope, right? We've all seen Hitchcock's Rope. Yeah. I mean, that when I first saw that movie, I was like, whoa, this is fucking awesome. No wonder Hitchcock's a master. This movie definitely made me feel that way about Sam Mendes. And I'm not really a Sam Mendes fan either, nor do I really like gimmick filmmaking overall. Like movies like, um, what was the, the, the one where the kid ages and all that stuff? And yeah, like this kind of thing. Not so much into it. Not really my bag. And also not really into war movies. Like my, the war movie experiences that I really do adore are like the Dirty Dozen or like um, Great Escape, these kinds of like yeah, yeah. older movies. This movie is a war movie. This movie is a gimmick movie. And I fucking loved it despite both of those things and despite my, uh, my, my predisposition not to like those things. So a movie that won me over that I really wasn't expecting to love as much as I did is 1917. And Interesting. I, I, the performances are amazing and the very real human story behind it is so good. It's so compelling in a way that I've never seen a war movie be that compelling. Makes you want to go find one of the dozens of Woodrow E. Wilson elementary schools and burn them to the fucking ground. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That said. Um, I mean, him screening Birth of a Nation in the White House was enough for that. There's that, too. Crazy. Yeah. But, again, this movie, though, it's... I mean, what happens is there are two soldiers, and um, 
they they're on the allied side and another platoon is about to um pull an attack on german army because they think that the german army is, is receding but it comes to like that it's actually a trick and the german army knows that they're gonna just recede to make them attack so it'll be like a trap yeah know? yeah and um the one soldier, his brother, is an officer in the battalion, so he has this added personal gravity of, like, we have to tell them not to attack. We have to stop this thing because they're going to get killed. And it's them traveling across to get to the other front in order to stop the war from happening, and it's only two soldiers. It's fucking brilliant. It's the Dude, the gimmick of the one-shot works so well. There's, well, like, maybe one cut, and, ah, uh, my goodness. Well, my uh, my mom and I went to the movies a while back to see a movie I'll be talking about shortly. Mm-hmm. And before that, they had a brief like making of that movie. Yeah, and there were scenes where I just dropped the pen. There were scenes where literally a cameraman would be like in a jeep following these guys. And there's one scene where they run up and it's like a body of water. Mm-hmm. And the guy jumps out of the Jeep and in one swift motion clips it to the fucking like <sighs> line that runs across. And on the other side, there's a guy like waiting to grab it and then follow them. Yeah. And it's just like any, any scene where there's like any time where there's just like one long cut, like uh, the haunting of Hill house, how they did that. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I will forever be in awe of what it takes to plan that out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and for then sure. And be like, here's how it's going to go as smoothly as possible. And then, like, the directors have to look at the actors and be like, and I swear to God, if you fuck this up, <laughs> you, Dude, they won't find you. This movie is masterful. My suggestion would be to see it on the biggest screen that you can. It, um, it definitely benefits from a large projection. And it's just, it's so good. It's so, so, so good. Cool. It's definitely one of my favorite movie experiences of the year. So, 1917. Highly recommended. Justin. I'm going to talk about a little movie called, I believe it's pronounced Yoker. <laughs> Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Gets an honorable mention from me. I think you and I talked about this. Have you seen it, Josh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Heard so, of it. So it's fine. Actually, it's more than fine. It's quite good. But my biggest problem with it was how all the fucking bullshit leading up to it, how they were like, it's not just another comic book movie. It's not just another comic book movie. And in the whole movie, what do they do? They lean into the fucking Batman mythos. And then mm. one of the last shots is them recreating one of the most iconic panels of all time from the fucking Batman year one of Bruce with his, 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 his. Mm. So it, it was good. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was great, but I'm, you know, a noted Joaquin Phoenix stan. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was a fun movie. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, uh, I, I, I lean more towards Liam in the sense that it was like, it wasn't great enough for me to be like, to just fucking eat my own shit over, mm-hmm. but nor was it bad enough for me to like gnash my teeth and and yeah. cause a. But it, I mean, it gets an honorable mention. Yeah, it was fun. Me and me and Melani saw it with Beamer, with Mark Beamer, friend of the show, and um, my uh, my boss from Comic Con, and um, yeah, we saw it before Comic Con, so I was already primed for a comic book experience. Yeah, yeah, and uh, did not get that. Did not get the comic book experience I thought I was going to get, but I was okay with it. You know, um, we had talked about it at length, didn't we? No. Well, I mean, I you know. Th- I don't think so. It got the face right. It missed the heart for me. So, you know, it's it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. It, 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 but it's, I will say, even though I didn't hate it, hate it, I, it's mediocre enough that I'm ready for it to just go. I'm just done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't, I, you know. I actually came out on the other end of the whole media blitz about it, hating um, the director. 
Don't get me started. Not we a should fan. we should no. stop yeah. it right here. Todd I, Phillips' business is like, yo, fuck that guy. I'm he's out. the worst. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna jump in and talk about some some music here for okay. my next one. This is one of my cheater ones. 2019, stoked on melodic hardcore. Yes, like Turning Point, Gorilla Biscuits, Outspoken. Uh, I'm actually speaking of not just something you've already mentioned, Angel Dust, Pretty Buff, but I'm thinking about Sunstroke, Bloom at Night, Yes, Anxious, Never Better, Stages in Faith, uh, Del Side, Rule Them All, Dreams About, Generation, Call to Life. Uh, that's just skimming the surface. And I don't even like what I would call the figurehead of this movement. Is not even a band I appreciate that much, which is Fiddlehead, uh, right, who put right. out a two-songer this, this year. Um that Sunstroke record, though, is fucking I great. think Melodic Hardcore is on its way back. And I think all of those records I mentioned are good. There are other bands starting to come out that are on those lines. And they each represent something different. Like Sunstroke very much has that Revolution Summer yeah, that, feel. Yeah, DC. Uh, Stages in Faith is very much like a, a Husker Du slash later uh, Rev mix of sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Anxious is very more on the like 90s yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. L- little punkier in ways. Rule Them All is like almost like Long Island metal, but then just stays in this melodic space. Mm. Um, we already talked about Angel Dust, and then this band Generation. I think they might be from, I don't know where Generation is from. Uh, Generation sounds split. like a better recorded, better written split lip to me. Wow, um, okay. Like musically, and then the vocals are a little bit more on the rock tip, you know mm. what I mean? But it has that sort of build up that split lip had that I thought was really interesting. So right. yeah, melodic hardcore. I think it's on its way back. I really appreciate that. Um, I think all those records deserve their own uh, attention, but it was just one of the trends I really appreciated in 2019. Mm -hmm. Ah, One of the musical trends that I've uh, actually 2019, uh, I've had a weird musical year. Sure. Um, This year saw me revisiting a bunch of like post-rock bands that I used to love that Belgas used to play music like, you know, or like, like the Pelican records and all that stuff. I also rediscovered, or actually I'm just going to call it discovered, a new love for the Pet Shop Boys. Didn't know how much I love that shit. Yeah. Next I can appreciate thing I knew, that. Dude, I didn't even know. For some reason, I just they, was like, you know what? Let's give this a shot. They have and tracks. They dude, have, I, I, their I'm shit not a huge slaps. fan, but yeah. so many records have at least a few songs that I'm like, oh, this is so Oh, my good. goodness. Dude, all about it. But for me, the biggest significant musical um, thing for the year has been um, just a lot of non-vocal music. So I've been... Um, Nils Fromm this year uh, had a record that I really enjoyed. Um a lot of black metal this year, like the new Sun Pyroclasts, I really liked a lot, and I like that shit a lot anyway. But um, I want to put up um, Sophie Birch had a record called Planetes. Um, another band called Jab had a record called Erg Herbe. Uh, Erbe. Um, Daniel Schmidt, you know who Daniel Schmidt is? Not he up. put out a record um, a while ago. It's it's all um, the record this year is called Abe's Firma. And it's um, Tim playing with a gamelin. It's fucking awesome. It's been a lot of like sonic exploration in terms of that for me this year. So yeah, I, I don't appreciate know. that. It's a lot. It's definitely I mean, different I, than what. None of that is stuff I want to hear. Yeah, no, but I get I love, it. I totally I love understand. When you find something like that and it's like something you're passionate about, I really like it, that. dude. It's been it's been a weird non-vocal year for me. <laughs> I'm into it though. Into it. Just saying. Justin. All right, my next. Uh Honorary mention is a movie that I think Josh really, really liked. Like, he okay. liked it a lot. Like, he really, really liked it. Like, he liked it a lot. Right. The Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> oh, man. 
Let's do it. I was hoping we were going to get into this today. <laughs> Let us go. When I first watched this movie, it I was like a big pile of mush. Yeah. I mm. really like this movie. The pro wrestling part of it spoke to me. It just it, it felt very pure and very wholesome. But what kept it out of my top 10 was the more I marinated on it, the more I ruminated, the more I let it cook in my brain, the more I thought about it at like three in the morning when I should have been sleeping was this. There is a fine line between heartfelt and saccharine. Right. And I think oftentimes the best movies, they dance on that line. They get right up to the fucking edge. And Mm -hmm. that's where that's where the the real um, greatness comes out, i.e., I think that's what Starfish does best. Right. It goes right up to that line and it's like pulls it right back. It's like yeah. Mace Windu's uh the way the vapid lightsaber combat. He just goes right up to the dark side and he taps into it. This movie, um, it goes into some very saccharine territory. Mm-hmm. And it can be corny at times. I liked it, but there was a lot of things where it just felt it felt like they were introducing these like very real world dangerous situations. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've all seen it. The scene when the fishermen show up and they're like burning Shia LaBeouf's rig mm-hmm. and they have all these like fucking guns. And then uh, what's his face? The the peanut butter falcon kid mm-hmm. just comes out with a shotgun and they're like, whoa, whoa, <sighs> dude. All right, man, we're going to leave. And it was like. No, they would have just killed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? They would have just killed him and then killed everyone else. And not that that's like whatever, suspension of disbelief, but um, there were just moments like that. And then the rest of it, I, I, I was just like, it's it, it's a little, it still made me feel good and I still enjoyed it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I didn't, but it it, 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 it it drank deep of the well of simple syrup mm. and it just was a little too sugary sweet for me. Fair enough. But I still liked it. I fucking hated it. I know you did. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, boy. I hated that fucking movie. I mean, the only black character with speaking lines in it is the henchman or the blind pastor that baptizes them in the river. Are you fucking kidding me? I I blocked that part out. In 2019. And again, I saw this movie under, um, I saw it at a, I think I saw it at a screener. Yeah. And um, it was co-sponsored by uh, like a support group for people with Down syndrome. Yes. And um, at the movie experience, there was like a bunch of people got there late and they had a bunch of people. They had a few people in there in their group that were afflicted with Down syndrome. Yes. And I was thinking about like, oh, okay, representation and these they want to see themselves on the screen just like I do. Like I get it. And then there was like they got there late. So they they only could sit like way up front. Yeah. And um, all these film society people were like, no, we're not moving because like they were like, is there any way we can move back? Because they had like young kids with them. And um, the people, like, maybe, like, a row in front of us were like, uh-uh, no, we, we got here first. These are our seats. So then our row was like, you guys can sit here. And we moved up front. But it was, like, one of those, like, you know what the fuck you're doing here, dog? Like, I get that you're, like, you know, on the level that you can see these movies before everybody else. Yeah. But you can be a dick about it at this one. To you know these I mean? people? These yeah, vulnerable like, people? Are you fucking kidding me? So that already soured my perception of the movie because I'm like, yo, this world is a trash fire and I fucking hate everybody. But let's let's just watch this movie. And then the whole like, oh, he doesn't need the medicine, like all that shit. It's like, dude, it's kind of like you working in the pawn shop dealing with this very real sense of like urgency and agency. Yep. It's just like, yo, dog, like... <laughs> I can't just tell, like, you got this representation going, and I appreciate that, and that's yeah. cool. 
But then you're also preaching this narrative of like these elective medications. Like, no, man, these people need these things to live. Like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? And that's what you're going to take? I don't know. The, the movie, on so many levels, I found to be very offensive. It wasn't like our movie going experience when we saw Rampage, in which we had a fucking blast. That was <laughs> fucking amazing because Bruce Park was in the house. What's yes. up? Great time. Yeah. And during the movie, he was like, you know, the lizard's name is Lizzie because it's a girl. <laughs> Fucking genius! I've already had to hear too much about. Oh that my page. goodness! I Whatever. will say though, this year one of my uh, one of the movies that's on my list is Honey Boy. Did you guys see Honey Boy? I, I did, I but I wanted to. Oh my word! Yet. It's it's definitely a movie of like. First of all, the only way Shia LaBeouf's dad agreed to let this movie get made was because he lied to him and told him that Mel Gibson was playing him. <laughs> and when the movie came out, Shia LaBeouf plays his dad. Yeah. Holy fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? This movie could be called Daddy Issues the Movie. Yeah. But that said, it doesn't make it any less of a bold. And uh, I mean, like, I get that there's a lot of people that now feel like kinder towards the man as like, you know, oh, wow, this is his trauma. So no wonder he's a fuck up like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I get it. I'm, I'm OK with it. But that said, as a cinematic achievement, it's it's raw. It's a raw yeah. movie. Yeah. And I really. um. I mean, like, you know, it, it was one of those things that when I saw it, I definitely went in with the open mind because, like, I'm not really a Shia Boo dude. Like, that's not my guy or whatever. I'm fine with that. But after seeing it, I was like, yo, this man took a risk. Yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of that's the kind of boldness it's, that I appreciate in filmmaking. It's you know weird. What I, mean? I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so maybe I'll feel differently when I see it. But it's weird that a lot of the criticism has been like, oh, it's just like his therapy in a film. And I'm like, isn't that what a lot of art is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand... I, I, I don't, don't understand how that's a diss. Like, I don't know why people be I like, eh. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I definitely know. want to see it. That's on the list of things that I wanted. That I just didn't have time for it. It's not Ugh. like, a, you know, oh, uh, something I skipped. I just didn't have the time to get it's, to it. Yet. It's a brutal flick, and there's a lot of strange and, like, interesting cameos. Like, FKA Twigs is in there. There's a yeah. bunch of, like, people yeah. in there that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. I liked it a lot more than Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> put that out there. And um, yeah, it was a very real and honest movie, which, you know, say what you will about it, but it was pretty good. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in then. Count that as yours. And I'm going to say, uh, oh, man, there's still so many good movies left to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I want to lift up something that I'm lifting it up at this point because I think that it got forgotten by a lot of people. I've seen it on a few lists. But I think it could be on more lists. Uh, that is Steven Soderbergh's High Flying Bird. Did not see it. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so it's so good. <clears throat> so that, for those of you who don't know, High Flying Bird, uh, it's uh, yet another movie Steven Soderbergh has shot entirely on iPhone. Wow. So he's also the cinematographer, director <laughs> and cinematographer. Um, and it is a film focused on the business aspect of the NBA. And I knew that going in. Mm. That like okay, this is about the business of players and lockouts and agents and all that stuff. What I didn't realize is that in so doing, it is also a film very much about the relationship of black people to the NBA, mm. and a film about how folks try to have dignity in capitalism. Okay, it is very good. The performances are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There's only a few. There's two scenes where I feel the fact that this is shot on an iPhone, which is kind of funny because with Soderbergh, you think you wouldn't feel it at all. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you don't. 
but there's two scenes that are just lit so poorly. Yeah. And I don't understand You're why like, they oh, are lit come that on, way. Dog. Yeah. I think it's just because they're in a glass office and it was hard to adjust, but it's just, my man, it's just really hard to see. Mm. Otherwise, I'm just watching it going like, I can't believe this. I, I'm surprised this was shot on an iPhone. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say yeah. it. Um, but I don't think the cinematography for it really matters because it's telling a, a particular kind of personal story, but also one that's related to money and politics and human dignity that I, I just found really compelling. And I really thought there's a lot going on there about how folks advocate for themselves in a complicated system. Uh, and it is very Soderbergh in that towards the end of the movie you start to realize that it kind of plays with the idea of an unreliable narrator but there's mm-hmm. no narrator it's just you're watching this character and you're assuming that this character is being forthright with everyone and then it's not till the like last quarter of the film you're going oh he's not being forthright with anyone and in fact he's 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 been scheming and at the end it's like all the payoff of an oceans movie but none of the corny lead up you know like the the mm. thing about like an ocean's 11 movie is like oh there was a trick the whole time <laughs> yeah. this is like the real world version of that where you go oh this dude's very smart and he's been manipulating this whole thing wow and i and you get hints of that throughout the film that like there's more going on here mm. but it's actually so layered of what he's trying to accomplish that it like really worked and mm. in it, it it uh shows a certain it, it shows a certain insight into a community that I'm surprised Steven Soderbergh is capable of. Right. So wow. I was really kind of re-impressed with him, which is funny because I like Soderbergh. I'm a fan. Yeah. But I was very much like, wow, I was not... I, even though people had told me it's very good, mm. even if you don't care about sports, because there's almost no sport playing. There's almost no basketball in the movie. Right. But right, it's a right. movie about basketball. So, um, yeah, it was very, it was very, very good. And, and it's something that came out earlier in the year so mm-hmm. it's, it has less of like an immediacy so, right right you know, right I'm, I'm glad i checked it out so the rest of my honorable mentions are the death of dick long oh did not yep. see it how very was good. it good yeah yeah very very good uh is it a horror movie ish <laughs> <laughs> no but you will feel horrified watching yeah it. as okay it unfolds that. and as the it is it is a very dark comedy yes mm. a very dark okay comedy. i like that very yeah Dark comedy. Noted. Next honorable mention, The Rise of Skywalker. Ah, I loved it. I had a great time. I haven't seen it yet, and I suspect I will disagree with you. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I saw it, it with a, the I saw it with a drummer, Dave Wagonsheets. He was my partner because Melani couldn't get out for the press premiere. And um, as soon as we sat down, my man was having emotions. <laughs> and uh, let's keep in mind, I spent most of my life terrified of this man. Yeah. He is like a demon. And when he played in Halo for like a brief couple of shows, I was just like, this man is a maniac. And then just sitting down to Star Wars and my man being like, yo, this is one of the greatest moments of my year. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to try not to cry too. Okay, Dave. Let's I, do I, that together. I, I welled up at several points. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Loved it. Great movie. Fucking loved it. I didn't feel so good about the J. Jonah Jameson um bit at the end really because it tied it into that weird sony world that's not like the actual mcu world i think that was just a funny bit i yeah. don't think that was it just was one of those things though when i saw it, i was like ah, i get it that's funny JK that's Sims. one of the few yeah. parts i really loved a Did lot you? of it i thought was kind of eh. oh wow yeah. okay it was fine i find i find him i find spider-man endearing yes so when he's doing stuff i'm like cool but i didn't think the movie overall worked 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Last honorable mention, Terminator Dark Fate. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. <laughs> Wasn't even really on my to-see list. Yeah, That's me neither. That's a mistake. This, I'm out. This, this movie definitely suffers from them having released three fucking monstrously bad sequels yeah. leading up to this, because this is... Uh, people keep saying, like, oh, it's the best Terminator since, like, Terminator 2. You're like, okay, well, that's not really saying all that much. Yeah. But this is this is definitely... Uh, it opens up with one of the most, like, shocking scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And then it really explores, which they don't really talk about in Terminator 2. It really explores the PTSD that Sarah Connor must be feeling for sure. having lived a life of trauma, what she's done. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. Um, and also there's a scene where uh, Terminator just fucking goes ham <laughs> through an ice detention center and just fucking <laughs> yeah. wholesale slaughter of ice agents. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty, All right. I'm, I'm pretty into that. Um, and then I'll just run through my movies that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Knives Out was my number 10. Mm. Uncut Gems was my number 9. Chain for Life was my number 8. Love me some Chain for Life. A tie between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Under the Silver Lake for number 7. Captain Marvel for number 6. The Last Black Man in San Francisco for number 5. Hell yeah. Yeah. Marriage Story for number 4. Didn't see it. Milani saw it. It's very good. Yeah. Book Smart for number 3. Woo! Hell of a movie. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit for number 2. And number 1. The Climax. Of twelve years of filmmaking, <laughs> Avengers Endgame, Endgame. <laughs> number one. Movie I love for that Dustin it's your Lord. number one. Wow! I knew it was going to be on your list, but I didn't think it'd be your number hey, one. Hey, man, I stand by it. No movie Shit. has made me feel that way. Fuck. That's what it counts. I watch movies right. to feel things, and that fucking scene, the Avengers assemble. That shit just fucking held me down and just beat the shit out of me. Word. I just didn't feel that. All right. Yeah. Man, I was really into a, a languid pace, but. This is getting long. You're right. It's getting long. <laughs> uh, do you want to go? Or you want me to go? I'll go. All right. uh, my favorite movie of the year is Pain and Glory. Uh, pretty interesting because I previously had hated Almodovar. You saw like two movies. Yeah, but then it. I had a thing and then I fucking hated him. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. But seeing this movie definitely affected me very much. I, I really, truly did love it very much. Now I want you to go through because I want to know what you think of his other movies. Yeah, no, I'm definitely down to do that. So, you know. Maybe we'll do more episodes. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, Pain and Glory, I really loved Knives Out. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and Last Black Man in San Francisco, I rewatched it in preparation for this because I knew how much I loved it at it's the time. Good. And Melani hadn't seen it, so then we watched it together. And um, yeah, I fucking love that movie. Great movie. It's so, really good. so good. And it's such a beautiful story. And it's so beautifully shot. It had all the elements. That last scene, oh, I rewound goodness. it like four or five times just to yeah. watch that last shot of him looking off in the into the into the yeah. into the bay. So, so good, so so good. And um, other things I really liked uh, the farewell, just because uh, that I thought that movie was really awesome. And um, that's very high up on my list, actually. I would be remiss if I did not mention Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Just fuck saying. you. Yeah, I get literally. It. It's okay. Fuck you. It's okay. I mean, you know, my T-shirt for this year's Comic Con was uh, Shaw killed Han, and uh, you know, I thought that was really fun. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm in. What am I gonna do? Not like it? Yeah, fuck yeah. It. yeah. You could not like it. Nope. That's really an nope. option. Not a thing. Not a thing. I support I you, Josh. I support you. I feel supported. It's funny. My man over here picked Endgame as his number one movie of the entire year, <laughs> and. No emotions. Like, I don't feel actually upset about that. I'm just like, cool, Justin. That's great. I'm glad you really loved it. That really makes... Then you come in here with your fucking Hobbs, Hobbs and, Shaw. and Shaw bullshit, yeah, and I'm over on. here like, 
Cinepunks is over. <laughs> I hope Justin, you're ready for Harvest to be the flagship podcast <laughs> of the Cinepunks Network because I am not going to keep recording with Wait this. Wait a minute. Ha- Harvest off. is not the flagship podcast of the network? Look, no, go on. We are the, you, we have the same name. You elitist person. <laughs> this is a moral decision on my part. <laughs> can't, can't support that kind okay. of bullshit. Go on, Liam. I'm just kidding. I don't really <laughs> care. Okay. Uh, where's, you know what? I think when I was adjusting my list, I mistakenly erased the farewell, <laughs> and I didn't mean to. The farewell was number five on my list. Love the farewell. Um, so <laughs> I, I think Pain and Glory is still my number one, mm. uh, but I really want to lift up Portrait of a Lady on Fire as a contender for number one. Did not see I just it. Didn't. What? Whoa. What are you coughing at? That movie was so bad. Portrait wow. of a Lady on Fire? Terrible. You're a crazy person. <laughs> and you have bad taste. Get out of my face. <laughs> I didn't see it. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, yeah, boo, that's it. what it tastes like. Your Oops. own medicine. Come on. First of all, first of all, I've never actually said that. You know that my issue with Hobbs and Shaw is my continuing thing about how <laughs> Fast and Furious sucks. And I don't like that they're continuing to do this crazy thing. But I'll probably see it and enjoy it. Yeah, just saying. Uh, and it's funny that you said that, Justin, because I know it's a lie. Because Portrait of a Lady on Fire will soon become your next uh, homosexual romance that you're obsessed with. Will it? Oh, yes. F- much like Call Me By Your Name, it is that, and it is beautiful, and you will love it. I like that. It's it's very moving. It's First very off, good. let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, please don't categorize my view of queer cinema as my obsession with homosexual romance. You you love movie, you love those movies though. Look, I feel that a lot of queer cinema captures yes, the I agree. the intensity of a first sexual encounter with someone perfectly in a way that most quote unquote straight movies fail out completely. Well I think I think that um it's in we don't have to get into this whole thing, but I, I think part of what might be a play there is the sort of gaze that a director feels is necessary yes. to have you feel something. And a lot of straight directors make decisions that I think are poorly made. Yes. Uh, that being said, I really love it. I, I managed to catch it. It's not going to be out. Uh, the only reason I didn't like push it earlier is because it's not going to be out for general public till valentine's day so i don't think it's like a huge priority mm. but I, i'll mention it again when it gets closer because i got access to a screener and i was like oh, i'll just throw this on something to watch with Suze, and we both were like oh my god <laughs> so i i really thought it was great um i've already said a few of these other things one of the things i didn't get it mentioned yet little women oh yeah i saw that too this year this what week did you think i loved it it is amazing that I love that movie. You yeah, I read the understand. book, and I remember how much I hated reading the book, and I love this movie. I don't know that I hate the book, but the movie for me is better than the book. Yeah, I would agree. And I actually kind of enjoy the, I think it's the 90s one with Winona Ryder. Yeah. It's fine. It's, I, fine. I, it's, not, it's not like I yeah. dislike it, but I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. This is like a whole other thing. It's I just definitely fed through the Swanberg filter. It's definitely got all the elements. Of well, the I think it's really establishing such. that Greta's Greta Gerwig great, is a she's director. A great yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that between this and Lady Bird, it's like you can't get away. See, from I didn't it. see Lady Bird yet. Mm. So. Lady Bird is brilliant. It's but I did like Francis Ha. So you know, true, true. Uh, so Little Women again, same as you guys. Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, I agree with Justin. Chain for Life. If you didn't see it, anyone listening hasn't had a chance to see it yet. The, the scene in the diner when she's dreaming yeah 
I wept. It is a layered film. It's a film that is constantly self-critiquing and referencing and adding in other elements and that you can take it as it comes, but you could also be thinking about why did they do this or what does this mean or why why make this decision to show us this in a it, it's there's a lot there i think mm. uh, a couple other things i want to mention another one that justin hated her smell if you are not immediately turned off by uh the whole first part of the movie is annoying it's our main character in a drug haze she is a privileged rock star at this point at this moment not her whole life but at this moment and it's when she's at her worst and i think that's intentional so that the rest of the movie it leads you into a space where you understand where the rest of the movie is going uh and i just really i i loved it um also want to mention the souvenir uh a, a few people talked about it not a lot but a, a movie dealing with also dealing with addiction but in a much more quiet and subdued way uh, that i thought was really beautiful uh and like a lot of people marriage story got me too uh a couple of things that y'all didn't get to but i want to make sure I, I lift up the beach bum did not see it loved it uh hustlers oh yeah i like so that. much fucking that was fun good. yeah it's on my list of like things i had fun at that maybe critically aren't what people love the hustlers and dolmite is my name were two movies i can't say in the theater because i saw them at home mm-hmm. but two movies that i watched at home that i was like Holy shit, that was so good! Like, like again, I don't know if the filmmaking is the tightest. I don't know, you know. There's, there's things about them that if I was super critical, but like, I just had so much fun. I had more fun at those than, you know, my comic book movies, which is a weird thing for me. <laughs> and then one thing, this is sort of a friend thing, but I think it's worth mentioning because they are friends. Uh, Har Noir. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our that was friends, awesome. Yeah, like our literal friends who made that. So yeah. Yeah, 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 I just think that's really great that I can like lift up a movie that friends were a part of and be like, this is one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. Um, the only other things I want to say, music wise, uh, because I kind of smushed those things together, this was definitely the year of the single for me mm-hmm. when I was putting together from Spotify like the stuff I really liked and whatever. There were so many things that if I was doing a best of albums, I couldn't include, but I listened to a million times. So uh, Low End Summer Blues, Gouge Away Strays, Gel, Hardcore for the Freaks, yep. Akulu, Half Alive, Candy, Super Stare, Algiers, Dispossession, Vile Gash, Agonized Corrosion, Unreal City, Satter and, uh, or Sarter and Sheol, Primitive Blast, Tour Tape 2019, Frank Ocean, five different singles that should have been an EP. Why don't hip-hop people believe in EPs? What the fuck? And along the same lines, Tierra Whack, again, six singles that could have been a really good EP all released separately. I loved all these things, um, but if I was doing a best albums, which I'll be doing for my end-of-year thing, mm-hmm. none of those will be on it. But it was like, this is the first year where I was like, wow, a lot of things I really liked were two songs. <laughs> I don't usually like anything that's two, two songs because yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. short. Um, and then along the same lines, there were a bunch of EPs I really liked. I already mentioned one EP. One EP. That I really liked. But, uh, oh no, that's a whole record. I'll put that in the record. But Regional Justice Center, Protocol, Bloodsport, One Step Closer for Me to You, Millspec DDM Sessions, uh, The Guilt Parade record, The Colonial Wound release that's untitled, The Armor, uh, John. Uh, all these things were like just EPs. And again, uh, you know, I'm not a huge EP person, but they really connected for me. Whereas, as far as like full records, I I don't know if I could do a 
a full list of just LPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I really want to make sure people remember is both Fury and Abuse of Power put out total left turns this year. I mean, obviously, Angel Dust did too, but yeah. I think we all acknowledge that, you know, that's cool. But I feel like those those Fury, the Fury record and the Abuse of Power record need, in my mind, more love and that they mm-hmm. were represented an expansion of those band sounds, a real risk, and I think it's a risk that paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there wasn't a lot of normal people music I liked this year. <laughs> Honestly, I think the only pop record I listened to more than once was the Lizzo record and the Solange record. Uh, and other than and by the way, Solange record, no one liked anyway. So like, it's one thing to say it's pop, but it's like the pop that not a lot of people were stoked on. Yeah. Uh, and then that it was just a lot of hardcore, a lot of solid hardcore this year. Not a lot of it stands out so much that I want to like make a big deal out of it. But there are a few things, whether it was like Axe Rash or Truth Cult or the Gasm uh, record that were really good. Uh, and if you want that full list, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to do both LPs and EPs as separate lists for my uh, end of year John on Cinepunk. So go ahead yes. and check that out. Uh, there were just a couple of things I felt I wanted to put time in. Um, the last thing I want to mention music wise, because it's something that I haven't enjoyed for a long time. So I was just glad to hear it. Uh, the Better Oblivion Community Center. Right? Oh, yeah. The. The dude from Mike Park, right? Isn't it him? Or no, no, no it's uh, uh, Connor Oberst. Connor Oberst and the young woman's name I keep forgetting. I forget. She's a solo artist too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really liked a chill indie record like this in a long time, which I didn't think about until I was looking through stuff from other years, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, it's been a while since I've had something like this that was just pretty. You mm-hmm. know, it's just yeah. it's not weird. It's not genre bending. Not it aggressive. Just is what it yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I listened to it a lot. I listened good to it record. a lot this yeah. year. And that was a surprise for me. So that's the note I want to end on is like uh, I began with Josh reviving a genre for me. I'm going to end with Connor Oberst. Reviving gen- another genre a, a for gentle, you. A gentleman who at one point I said I hated and I wish would leave music <laughs> for all time because I was not a fan of his initial effort. Uh, Better Believing Community Center. I'm like. Give me some indie rock. I want some chill indie rock. Yeah, yeah, Give yeah, me yeah. some coffee shop music. <laughs> it's like not something I've been onto for a long time, but that <laughs> record really brought it back for me. So uh, I guess that's about it. I will say 2019, we touched on it before, but Cinepunk's doing great. Yeah. Wine and Cheese, Fat Girl Hacks, Evil Eye, all this year joining the network. Doing They're great. all great. Yeah. Uh, I listen to all three regularly, and I really appreciate them. Uh, and I will say uh, on a sad note, but an appreciative note, Three of my favorite comic books ended this year. Uh, Walking Dead, Paper Girls, uh, The Wicked and the Divine. Mm. So like it's a plus because they all ended strong. Those are great comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say Walking Dead has subs and downs, but I mm-hmm. like the way that it ended actually. But it's sad because now I have to figure out new comic Other books. Other books to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> perpetual struggle. <laughs> I hear you, man. So, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out, but I just, uh, that was like a, oh, I my first thought was to celebrate that and then I was yeah. like, I guess that's also a sad thing. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> Saying goodbye to three things that I really loved, yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. again, up and down with Walking Dead, but I think it ended in a way where I loved it. You know, I ended I, strong. I, You're happy yeah. with it. Yeah, Contended. I don't watch the show anymore, but I still like the, the comic. Fair enough. I should watch the show though. I'll get there. No, it's bad. I didn't say it's bad. It's just don't get back into it. Been out, Once yeah. you've let it go, just let. Yeah. That's how I feel about Arrow because people are like, "Well, this season of Arrow is pretty good." I'm like, "Yeah, but I already moved on, and I don't yeah. want to." I don't backtrack. Yeah, no, I hear it. I hear it. I get it. He had a whole team, and then he was a cop, and now <laughs> something else is happening. All right. All right.
Okay, well, thank you, Justin, for joining us. Thank you for having me. On the year-end 105th episode of the Cinepunks. Yeah. Sorry to rush through, guys, but this is long. This is long. Yeah, but, you know, Liam thinks we should go longer, so, you know, whatever. Well, I think, you know what I think? I actually think that it's not a matter of going longer. It's a matter of spending more time on the end. Ah, instead of the whacking on track. And then I think we should record longer because every time we record one episode, we could actually probably record two episodes. Okay. And that would be good. Or... Extended Patreon content because our ah. patrons are giving us that money. Yeah, we need no, to, give them, we need to give, them, give them the thing. And I've thought about recording by myself, but I don't think anyone actually wants to hear that. I mean, doesn't it always kind of feel like you're recording by yourself? Wackity <laughs> schmackity do. It's ab- the lead monologue. I was about to suggest that you guys should do something together without me, but since you're going to be an asshole, no, never mind. That's never <laughs> happening. And since Wackity I'm the only one who does anything on the site, <laughs> I get true. to say that. It's true. You do get to say that. That is true. I will say. I will say that this 2020, though, I have a lot of plans for Cinepunks. I think we're going to do a lot more things, and I'm really excited about it. started with, uh, I got us a spot. I got us a little studio spot. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's coming. Well, if you pitch, cool. if you pitch your ideas to me, I might let you do them. Yeah, yeah. And if I pitch my ideas to Liam, then I might be able to do those things as well. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and for um, just being part of what it is that we move forward with. And yeah. this is uh, this is one of the better parts of my life, and I'm really happy that, that we get to do this. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you. So thank you very much for listening. Episode 105, Smoke Bomb. <laughs>